Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, a big good morning to you, Aotearoa Tizzy, Kempi for breakfast, SNZ, just after 6am on a beautiful Monday morning, I've made my way north to Tamaki, Makaira, Auckland, and well, I'm quite intimidated sitting next to Kempi, his shoulders are out, his chest is out, he is up this weekend, <laughs> it's great to be in the studio with the lads in Aroha, got the crew in the back room, Robbie, Joe, they've had a Good old weekend to boot in Kempe. Well, you've been moving furniture, mate. I can tell. The arms are bulging. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Yeah, morning, Evo. Good to see you, actually. As he's in the house here in the studio. Uh, yeah, mate, had a good, had a good weekend. I was, although it was busy, I came to cruise up to Kirikiri on Friday straight after the show and back on Saturday to call the uh, Warriors game against Sammy Hewitt. Jeez, that was disappointing mm. that the boys couldn't get the job done after a stellar defensive effort of the first, time, uh, first half to hold. Sydney City out, but mate, there's just so much sport on this weekend. The breakers last night, Barry Brown Jr. Take take a bow, mate. That last quarter effort where they were uh, only two points in front of the Sydney Kings to go out, Barry, all courtesy of Barry Brown Jr. Just hitting those bombs, those three pointers. And Tommy Abercrombie, I thought defensively was very good too. But lots on this weekend, mate. What have you, what have you been watching? I've got a highlight, but I just don't want to say it. Yeah, plenty. Watching plenty. I had, a, I had a nice quiet weekend with all the uh, with the family. Wife went to Snoop Dogg on Friday. I made the nice, the responsible decision to stay at home and yeah, have What's a going on with that, mate? Because you're normally at the front of the queue. <laughs> nah, nah. I just wanted to chill out this weekend and and really have some good week, good weekend with the kids. Weather was awesome, so just yeah, really did some family outings and did some cool things with the kids. But just Saturday, mate. You sit down and you're watching TV. You don't know where to put. You, you just cross. <laughs> you're flicking between channels. You got, you got Mata Two on. You've got the netball on. You've got uh, the rugby league under twenties. The Warriors uh, beating the Roosters over there. Hell of a win. It's got some bright future coming through for the for the young Warriors paving the way. Then you got the NRL on at the same time as the as the Drua game, and then you're flicking through. And you're watching racing because it's a big How day of races that? as well. So. I oh, mate, I was just flicking through, and, and and the mind couldn't really keep up. But I was just watching plenty of sport while I was slow cooking a nice roast lamb. And then yesterday, it was finished off, capped it off with the Breakers win to force a decider over there in Sydney. They'll be ruining that missed opportunity when they had a home game and just fell flat and uh, weren't able to, you know, obviously they would have won the, the competition last night and would have been a perfect finish to a pretty sensational season. But um, 
Great to see them back, giving themselves a chance. Barry Brown Jr., he's been one of the highlights of the year off the bench, bringing so much impact. And then you got the cricket today, which potentially is going to force a result as well. The 257 runs the Black Caps need in the final day, only one wicket down. But you got to remember, Neil Wagner is injured, so he probably won't be batting if they force it. No doubt he's as tough as anything. He'll probably head out and and try and um, you know get the, get the result in the end. But, mate, I just couldn't keep up in Kempe. You haven't even mentioned the golf or the surfing, mate. The golf's on right now. Look, Scheffler's 1,400 in the Lee. you got Ryan Fox, who's <laughs> plus one after nine holes. Look, honestly, it is such a good time to be watching sport and relaxing. It is. There's lots on. And you, you touched on the horse racing. The racing on the weekend was first class, especially the Auckland Cup and uh, a couple of really good Runners um, throughout the day, Prowess, Tokyo Tycoon. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of our punters out there would have had a, a pocket full, as you did, Daggy. A couple of multis, nice coming through on uh, one on Saturday night, one on Sunday morning. Waking up, my phone beeping first thing, going, "Just check the, <laughs> just check the multi." Got another one, so mate, it's nice to see that you're back on the winning on that winning horse. Ah, about time. About time, Kempi. It's been a long... Look, I'll, I'll be honest, probably 10, 11 months since I've won a, a multi. I've been rivered that many times on the final leg, but that's because I've had to learn the hard way. On the I've nose. I've had to change my direction. Yeah. Never on the nose, always on the tail, you mug. Yes, so yes. I had a place bet on the weekend, a couple of multis for places, and uh, it got me home. So just yeah, slowly, slowly climbing back and... Did the right thing and drew it out. So well, there you go. yeah, you're talking a difference. I guess when you're picking multis, you're talking a difference. I know of making plenty or making some good coin. You know, like on the weekend, um, we both had a bit of luck with the multis. I changed out my Sumi win and the one that I um, tipped out for instead of for a win for a place and took the five dollar multi as opposed to the the thirteen dollars. Mm. Um, and thank God, because Sumi got. Uh, lucky to get as well as sort of a half half a length between first and fourth um, and Sumi got up to get third so it got us home on that multi but yeah man it's really t- honestly really tough picking a multi mm. um, but when you've got horses like Prowess, Taikyo Tycoon, uh, that ladies man you know and what a hell good was it gotcha over so over good. Mm. Over in uh, Renwick, so there are there are the opportunities there if you just want to take a little, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I win to to run a place over there. Obviously, running a place up against in secret and Jamie Carr, and we fall over there. So uh, yeah, thoughts go out to her and, and all the jockeys that put themselves through much, so much pressure. But plenty of races over the weekend. Keep it was hard to keep up. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero on the Kennards Higher phone line. If you've got any texts or any messages to send through to the team here, Izzy and Kempe, we'd love to hear from you. And on Friday, we had a little sweepstake regards to the scoreline for the uh, Warriors taking on the Roosters. And Simon from Auckland, you're our sweepstakes winner, mate. He guessed the Roosters 24-16. to 16. Obviously, well, the result was 20-12, to 12, so he's closest. So Simon from Auckland, you got a fifty dollars TAB bonus bet coming your way. And just in regards to the basketball, we have live commentary of Game Five. Game Five, the decider of the NBL final series between the Breakers and the Kings on Wednesday night, with coverage starting from nine pm. So go nowhere else for your NBL finals and fix. 
It's live here on SCNZ. What have we got coming up on the show, Kimpy? Yeah, no, look, after 7 o'clock, we will have our regular Monday catch-ups, which was really good with the Warriors, and talk with the little general Stacey Jones and hear his thoughts on their game against the Roosters on Saturday night, that 20-12 to 12 loss. After 7.45, we'll take in some Phoenix soccer with David Choate. We're looking forward to that because they're not going too bad as well. After 8, the highlight of the weekend for me with the Drua upsetting your Crusaders, is he? And we have Issa Nasiwa, a former Fijian player, on to talk about this historical game. Don't look at me like Why that. Why was that a highlight, mate? Come on. <laughs> don't, get, don't get me started because it's a long day today. <laughs> and at 8.45, we head to the Central Districts to chat to one of the owners of Auckland Cup, one of Platinum Invaders, Neville McAllister, who... Um, along with a lot of people uh, who were really happy after that race, Platinum Invader getting up in the Auckland Cup, of course. And to say that he was the happiest, I had a look at uh, Lisa Ladder's face directly after that win, and she, I would have to say, brought a smile to my face just to see how happy she was winning uh, the Auckland Cup. Usual catch-ups with Paulie Mawadi and a smithy, and much, much more this morning on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. I'm looking forward to it. Great Monday. Yeah, great Monday, great show. Before we go back to that game over there in... Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to start too early. Well, it's okay, mate. Oh, you've started now, and I'm wearing my armour again. You know, I took the armour off in round two. It's back on, double eight, double three. I've been copping it left, right and centre all weekend. My brother-in-law in the Hawks Bay, he's a Hurricanes fan. I don't know why he's up in Jupy. They got tuned up over the weekend. But anyway, um, let us know. Double eight, double three, Fiji and Drua obviously beating the Crusaders. Hell of a result. And not only in that sport, the NRL. You can't pick your nose in that, in that, in that competition at the moment. You look at the top three teams. Get this, Dolphins, Dragons, Broncos. We're only two rounds in. It's a yeah, long season, a long but you would never have picked them. The Dolphins, 2-0, and Pete. Mate, everyone, well, to put that into perspective, they were picking the Dolphins and St. George to finish with a wooden spoon. Mm. So the Broncos, the way that they tailed up the cow, like I've had the Cowboys playing in the grand final. The Broncos with Reese. Walsh, I've never seen Reese Walsh play so good. Can he be consistent? That's the question. Um but I said to Sammy when we called on Saturday night, well, and just to go back on the call on Saturday night, it was difficult calling the first twenty minutes because mm. the draw were up twenty two to, to it was twenty two to ten at one stage, mm. and then the fight back, and I was going, oh, they blew it, and then they get that penalty right in extra time, and it was so hard to concentrate on the NRL. But like you said, you can't pick it. Mm. You cannot pick where teams are going at the moment. You got Canterbury beating Melbourne in Melbourne. Um, after the way that they performed last week, and I don't mean just beat them, they they actually gave a tonking, mate. Melbourne looked really average. Um, but the Dolphins and the way they, they came back and won Brisbane, mate, Sydney City with a reserve-grade forward pack. I, I said to Sammy on Saturday, after the first three games, I said, mate, how good have the first three games been? Mm. Like, they're so exciting. The football, it's like, I said to him, it's like everyone went to sleep in the NRL on COVID. Mm. because the the way that they've come back and hit the ground running, it's a lot like, I guess, the breakers run through to the finals and hopefully they can get the job done on Wednesday. It's going to be a great call on Wednesday, not on SENZ. Um, I think everyone's come out of COVID and gone, actually, now we're back. Let's, let's start playing some footy. The NRL can't pick it. Look at this. Nine. There were only two rounds in. Look, we don't want to get too excited. It's a long, long year. But ninth place, Roosters. Tenth place, Sharks. Twelfth place, Storm. Thirteenth place, Cowboys. Sixteenth is the Eels. Like The Sharks-Eels game mm. on Friday night? One of the best games I've seen. Mm. Like It was just end-to-end stuff. Um, and 
although the scores haven't been wide, the tries have been sensational. Lots of long-range tries. Joseph, I'll tell you what, did you watch Joseph Soily play? Oh, yeah. Mate, they talked about him being Sonny Bill Williams. That was the first game that I saw Sonny Bill Williams mm. in him. And I'm thinking, two years' time, Joseph Soily is going to be the best player in the NRL. By a country mile. He is. He did that that round-the-back flick pass that Sonny's got and mastered, you know what I mean? Mm. Where he went around, he was at full pace and tried to throw it out. It was off. It didn't go to hand. But just the... the the confidence of the young bloke to do that in a first grade game, I was like, I'm in a little bit, little bit of awe, watching how good this kid is at this stage of his career. Yeah, he's very, very good. I was watching him too as, as well, Kempi, and very, very slippery. Always tends to beat that first or second defender every single time. And uh, I know that the rugby union were trying to chase him, but hey, we can't keep up with it all. We'd love to hear from you, double eight, double three. Remember, we're giving we're once again giving away the outstanding new ZG twenty three shoes from Adidas all week long. All you have to do is get in touch with us on 811 or double eight, double three, and the best bits of feedback will get a pair of ZG twenty three shoes from Adidas, lightweight, zero compromise. And remember, last week we spoke about the golf. Foxy is currently four under, four under after 10. So he's got one back. He's tied for 39th. So he is chipping away nicely. We will give those that pair away tomorrow. And someone's just drained an absolute bomb from about 100 feet. So watching the golf will keep you up to date with Foxy's trajectory, uh, how he's going to be able to pose today. And Scotty Scheffler is leading 14 under. Minwoo Lee is 12 under. So there is plenty to talk about. We're going to be talking rugby. We're going to be talking golf. We're going to be talking NBL. And we're going to be talking cricket. Day five, Kempe, at Hagley Oval. The Black Caps. Can they get it done? A 28 for one, needing 257 runs in the final day. Can, well, Robbie's not very confident. Can they get it done, Rob? Well, the thing is, lads, I'm not very confident in the Christchurch weather. It's beautiful down there, mate. We've just had a beautiful two days. What, what are you not have, confident about, mate? We have, but if the, I'm hoping the forecast is as unpredictable as it can be in Auckland because it's not looking good. Oh, so what are you saying? The weather's the only thing that's going to save us? Uh, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say save us. I I'm not like if if we get a full day's play, I'm not saying we can't get it done. I'm actually reasonably confident mm. in our batting. I th- I think I'm worried about the weather. When you look for a positive out of this test, is there one that springs to mind? Um, Daryl uh, Mitchell. Daryl Mitchell, yep. That's my that's my main positive. Blair Tickner, has he kind of ticked yeah. the boxes for you? Yeah, pun intended. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Too good is. Um, yeah, no, that he's he's been he's been good. I think he's been he's been much more consistent with his bowling. Um, you know, using like. The way he bowls, hitting the pitch hard, wasn't really working bowling so wide. Mm. Um, and I think he just, he really kind of attacked the batsmen more, you know, at their body, which I think, yeah, made him a lot uh, more challenging to play. And then um, Darren Mitchell, look, looking at his record, like, you, you it just you, flies you, under the radar. Yeah, it really flies under the radar mm. because, like, yeah, I think they were saying it's like every, on average, every second innings, he's scoring a 50. Yeah, he's, very he's, he's, he's averaging 60. Very, very classy. Daryl Mitchell's position in the squad is safe. Thank you, Robbie. Appreciate that. But Henry Nichols mm. needs a 
big one today, Kempe. If he's yep. going to get an opportunity, next to bat for the Black Caps. He hasn't fired for a wee while now. This was his home ground, his home park. Really needs a big, big inning get out there. to get out to force the hand of these selectors and the coaches because um, I think many out there are just probably losing a wee bit of faith. Yeah. And Henry Nichols. Come but on, Henry. Come on, the Black Caps. 257 in the final day. Come on, Jordan Spieth. I know we want Ryan Fox to win, but I put Jordan in my multi. So come on, Spieth, six under. There you go. It's time. It is now 19 past six, and it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. I don't even know if I can read this out, Kempe. Can you read it out? <laughs> We're going to go back to Saturday after we witnessed one of the biggest upsets in Super Rugby history as Fiji and Drua beat the Crusaders. So we got us all thinking in here this morning, Izzy. What's the result in sporting history that's made your jaw drop to the floor? Like, was that a jaw-dropping moment on Saturday? I've got to say, it was the hardest time for me to concentrate calling the Warriors and the Sydney City Roost as well. I've got the Drua playing on the other tally and going, are they actually going to beat this team on a seven-peat? They're never going to get the Canterbury Crusaders. They're going to come back at 22-10. You know, there was, what was it, I think 12 minutes to go. And I thought, well, they might do it. And then, well, Louis, no, Crusaders get to the front again, 24-22. But they get done. Like, where is that for you in the biggest historical game ever, especially for the Fijians. That time was spent up there at Vomo uh, Island last week. I am now a, a sole Drua supporter. They're my new team. I'm not surprised, Kempe. I'm not surprised. You, they're they're the, your new team like the whole of Auckland. And, you know, I'm getting my rental car last night and that guy was laughing at me and everything. And then I'm walking through. They could have used you last night, mate. And I said, well, have you seen me? No. I would have been no good in that heat. So uh, they themselves, there's themselves to blame. But anyway, let us know. I can't wait. Question of the day. Saturday, we witnessed one of the biggest upsets in Super Rugby history as Fiji and Drua beat the Crusaders, which got us thinking, what's a result in sporting history that made your jaw drop to the floor? Because on Saturday, my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> there you go. Let us know. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back. Remember, the best bit of feedback or messages coming through double eight double three or 0800 150811 on the Kennards Hire phone line will win themselves a pair of ZG23 pair of Adidas golf shoes. They are comfy, they are lightweight, and they are so, so good. Plenty of messages coming through. Late one from Dave from Karaka. We're talking can't wait question of the day. On Saturday, we witness. One of the biggest upsets in Super Rugby history is Fiji Ndrua beat the Crusaders, which got pretty much 98% of New Zealand up in joy, loving that result. What's the result in sporting history that made your jaw drop to the floor? Good morning, boys. The one that springs to mind is the AB's lost in Ireland and America. That was numbing and ruined a weekend. Have a great day from Dave in Karaka. There's one from Dave. What about you, Kempi? Here's one, and this is one I like, Chris, from Chris. He's his morning, fellas. Just want to touch on the odds the TAB offered up for. <laughs> the Mana beating the Crusaders 30 plus $7. Two, the Drua flogging the Crusaders 750. They're not acknowledging the rabble the Crusaders in. And they're giving money away. And in the words of Jeff Toovey, there's got to be an investigation into this. <laughs>
There you go, Chris. That's a great text. Maybe. Yeah, the investigation will be short and sharp. <laughs> what, 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 what would name you say? One, name some of those players that played on the weekend. Oh, I can't. Yeah, same. <laughs> and that's my team. <laughs> There's your investigation done, mate. <laughs> oh, that's a great. That's a great text, Chris. I'll tell you what, you're making plenty to if you're backing that at seven bucks. And uh, I, mate, Chris, just text in, mate, did you get on the 750 that the drawer offered up at? Oh, man, there's some good money. But in all honesty, they got, they got oh, for the competition, it was great. And I, I was actually genuinely nervous before that game, Kempe. Like, playing in, in, in Fiji is hard, it's hot, total opposite to Christchurch and what they, the oh. conditions they have to deal with. So they would have been overheating. And traditionally going to uh, Fiji for the Crusaders has been a difficult place to play. So I was a little bit nervous. And then the team was rolling out, I was like, Wow, who's that? You know, like no disrespect. Like these players are going to forge their own journey and legacy throughout their their playing careers. But just a, a team that I just had no idea about. So I was a little bit nervous. And then they were just dropping everything and and couldn't get any continuity playing. But hey, well done to Fiji and Draw. Well, Did I, they I, take it too easy? Did they like take the Fiji and Draw too I, lightly? Nah, that's not the Crusader way. No, no chance that they would have taken them easy. Or but. I think some of the selections, I know they've got to roll out with the selection policy that we touched on last week, which I've had enough of, you know. You've got to, you've got to roll out players, you've got to rest players. Ethan Blackett, it was a huge loss for them. Richie Moonga, you know, the influence that he has. David Harville, I hope is, haven't heard of his diagnosis yet, but, you know, it could be a broken arm. Oh, or some no. way he went off holding it, clutching his arm. So that's a big, big loss. So you lose a lot of experience. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was just pretty erratic. I felt for Sammy Watlock trying to keep it all together. But hey, well done to Fiji and Draw. Look, a, a game that first springs to mind was the 07 when we lost the quarterfinal and against France. But that's probably not an upset. France on the, any given day can, 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 can win a game. So, but one that really comes to mind is probably at the. It's good for us. It's, it's an upset for probably the footballing world in, in terms of uh, football soccer. Was when the All Whites went to um, South Africa in 2010 and they drew against Italy. And you think mm. of the quality that Italy had and we were able to hold them to a nil all. Was it nil all or one all? I think it was one all. And uh, one all draw against Italy, like one of the footballing nations of the world. That, that's probably one of the strings of mine. Anything for you, yeah. Kempi? Oh, there's there's quite a few. The uh, the 18-0 win at Carlow Park when the Kiwis came out against Australia and kept that uh, Wally Lewis team to zero. That was a, a one, along with the 2008 World Cup. Never meant never meant to win it, and Benji Marshall and the boys went out there and brought that cup back to New Zealand. But, mate, if there's ever a jaw-dropping moment that's played every year on the first Tuesday in November was the way that Kiwi, the great horse from Waverley, ran from the back with mm. Bumper Cassidy on the top and got it down the outside to to win the Melbourne Cup. And if you ever want to look at a, a draw-dropping moment, watching where that horse came from and the old footage to, to Bumper taking it over the line, for me, is probably one of those moments. So, mate, there'd be plenty out there. What do you got? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred, one five oh eight eleven. Send us in some of your, uh, your biggest... Jaw dropping moments. Mm. I'll tell you what, and Saturday had to be up there for me. <laughs> of course it did. Mine was the other way going, wow. <laughs> you know, like the Fiji. And just knowing the Fijian people are such beautiful people, too. You mm. know, like um, I was watching the crowd, the, the shots that were going across the crowd, and just thinking, 
like the happiness that those people get. Mm. You know, like that, that story that um, Iframi was telling us um, last week about kids not even getting to the main island. Like that trip from the islands to the, to watch the draw, because a lot of them were going. I was talking to the, the people on Vomo last week, and they say, oh, look, we're going to watch the draw play. the Well, it's the Crusaders, mate. Mm. They Everyone knows the Crusaders. When I mentioned your name, everyone up there, they're going, I remember in 2011 when Izzy played in that World Cup. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. going. Yeah, rugby is their religion. Rugby is their religion. They, so They absolutely love it. That win against, mm. not not just that win, but against who the opposition was, would I doubt whether you'll get the, the drawer up for this game on the weekend. Mm. They'll you be know? loving it. They'll be absolutely loving it. It's great for the competition. And Tim's come through and said it has to be South Africa getting touched up by Japan in the World Cup. Keep them coming through, double eight, double three. We're going to come coming up. We've got some headlines with Joey B. We've got Quizzy Dag. But here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. Great to see you this morning, bright and early. It's time for some headlines with Joe, brought to you by Bunnings. Power your business with Bunnings Trade. Power pass. Joe B. So much sport over the weekend, boys, and it continued overnight. Ireland just finished their game against Scotland. They touched them up 22-7 to to keep the Grand Slam in play as they welcomed the English to Dublin this weekend for the final game of the Six Nations. Premier League action on right now as well. Arsenal a few hours ago, they're now five on the trot and remain five points clear of Man City after being Fulham 3-0. West Ham and Aston Villa are currently playing. They're tied one all after West Ham slotted a penalty just a minute ago. And the Players' Championship, boys, it's coming down to the final round. Scheffler still uh, in the lead with uh, 14 under. Those are headlines. Thanks to Bunnings Trades and Builders. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Beautiful. Thank you, Joey. Great to be up here with the lads. I'll go shout some breakfast at about six, seven o'clock, eh, lads? We'll get a nice coffee and have a good day to boot. There is plenty to talk about. Obviously, lots going on in the sporting world. We've got Ryan Fox at the moment. But a bit of news last week there, Kempi, in regards to the All Blacks coaching gig. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't believe who tapped me on the shoulder last night when I flew up. Giz it, giz it, come on. Mark Robinson, <laughs> CEO. So, <laughs> so I'm like sitting there and I've got my glass. He's like right behind me and I'm like, oh, yeah, but I get a tap and I'm like, who's this? Bang. <laughs> oh, Robbo, how are you, mate? I'm like, you've been listening to the show? Of course he has. He obviously hasn't because he smiled at me. <laughs> so, um... Oh, he had, had, had um, he was on the flight. Had a good catch up with him, and he's obviously been down there at the Surf Lifesaving Champs. We're in in Christchurch at New Brighton Beach, so some was a part of it. Had a catch up. With us. I was about to go. How's it all going? And, but last week, obviously, news that Joe Smith was going to throw his head in the ring. Yeah. And he's come out and said he's not. No, he's put that to sleep. So it's a two man race again. It is. And uh, look, I, I saw that news come out too about Joe Smith, and I, I think. There's conversations that have obviously been had um, third party mm. where Joe's felt that probably, you know, he was thinking of maybe putting his hat in the ring and probably had a conversation to say, no, we're actually going to look and head in a different direction. So for me, it's the panel, mate, really, that actually selects the, the coaches. I, I really want to see and, and whether or not they make that public mm. um, and how soon they make that public. Because they said four to six weeks. We're two weeks into that process. You know, so are we two weeks away from getting a coach? Do you think? Mm. Do you think they've made their mind up? 
Uh, I think they're still humming and hiring, and there's still a little bit of uncertainty there. And I think if, when you go to the panel, we don't know who the panel is yet. So last time was named Dame uh, Nolene Tauroa, and you got Sir Graham Henry, and uh, I can't remember the other ones, but uh, they were obviously a big part of that panel. Whether they'll be a part of these negotiations or these conversations is well beyond us. So when you think of the panel, like that's hugely important, but it can be quite a bias too, you know. Like yeah, the conflict. The conflict, you know, you've got to have a real neutral party with a neutral mindset. Do you so, think? Do you think Scott, Scotty would be disappointed if Graham Henry was back on that same panel? Um, I think the last two or three years might have healed and might have changed his perspective of, of Scotty, you know, because they've been down in, at the, you know, the Black Clash, he's been manager, Ted's been the coach, so they've got to know each other quite a bit. I think he would have seen the difference in, in Scotty over the last couple of years and the changes he's made to, to what he's about. Um, so I don't think there would be any any just, you know, injustice there. So like, No animosity. No animosity. Like, it, it's just, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they, they, they have on the panel. You know, mm. like it's 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 a big decision, and it's a decision that's going to be, you know, under a lot of scrutiny. Yeah, and now it's a two horse race. I, I'm just so I, you I'm know, a bit nervous for it. Well, have, having a look at the way that England are getting annihilated in the Six Nations at the moment, you know, fifty points put by them on France by France, and they've made the decision to change their coach in the year of the World Cup. I'm so glad that the coach isn't coming in before the World Cup. Mm. You know what I mean? So they get a chance to actually have a look at it. Um, I wonder if the the part for me is he dare see if they're going to name the coach. Here's the point: if they're going to name the coach in two weeks' time, does he become part of the coaching high performance team where he can get inside and sit there and look at the inner workings of it, or does he have to wait to get his hands on it post the World Cup? He's got to wait. He's got to wait. He's got to wait. That'll be too much of a distraction for the team. It just wouldn't be. Wouldn't be nice. It wouldn't but, be ideal. But, but wouldn't it wouldn't it be a distraction anyway? If if you've got so say you're, I think it's a distraction now. Yeah. Once it's named and once it's done, like we're done with it, and then you just got to move forward and you got to give Fozzie and his coaching group the opportunity to go and actually try and win this thing. So I think if he's sitting in the background, or he's you know lingering around the team, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not good. I don't think it's great for the team. That's a really good point. So Joe Smith maybe he's had a chat to Fozzie and Fozzie said, mate. You need to be in here mm. or you need to be out there. There you go. I think that's why he's had to make that decision. Yeah. Because it's one or the other. If you try and go for it and you have a crack. Then you've got to step out. See you later. See you later. Because I'm, I'm here now to win a World Cup. I can't have you thinking about yep. the World Cup. That sort of makes sense. Bang. So there you go. Let us know. Double eight, double three, two horse race between uh, the All Blacks and the ones coming through. A message has come through. I'm glad we have Foster taking ABs to the World Cup and not Razor. Jason Ryan was the main man at the Crusaders. Time for Razor to go poach more players. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Someone bring leave it. Leave your name. Oh, leave your name, mate. Come on. You're going to bring heat? Leave your name. And give us a call. 0800 to Whatever it is, he Kempi. i got Lydia Ko coming back in style. Ed. Love yeah. it. Lydia Co. she is back. There's a couple of messages there we will get to shortly. A little rain update from Tim and Crush. It's, it's supposed to rain soon.
but it seems fine at the moment, but we'll keep you updated. Size 11, by the way. He wants some golf <laughs> shoes. There you go. Well, give us a call. It's time for Quizzy Dag. 0800 150 811 to take on the Quizmaster. Give yourself a chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet. And, well, the Oracle, the one and only Kempi, will help you if you get stuck. Give us a call. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you're wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. 0800-150-811. Now give us a call. Yes, the phone lines are open. 0800-150-811 to take on the Quizmaster. We might need a few more. Timmy, the weatherman from Christchurch. How you doing, Timmy? Good morning, good morning, good morning, Mr. Timmy, man. Timmy, how you going? Good, can you hear me? Yeah, got you, bud. Got you loud and clear. Thanks for our little weather update. Just another quick one. Still sun is shining. Weather's okay? Oh, there's no sun down here yet, mate. She's uh, dark as. But oh, it's just actually, um, as I speak, it's just trying to poke its nose up, so... Looking beautiful out there, is he? Oh, beautiful. Hopefully we get a full days of day of cricket and we get a result to boot at the end of it. Here we go. Question number one. Good luck. Which Manchester United player was red carded in their draw with Southampton this morning? Casemiro? Oh, um, Casemiro is correct. Who pushed that button? Was it you, Kimpy? <laughs> Not me. No, no. I'm always still tempted to push plenty of them here. Don't touch anything over there, mate. Don't touch any of those buttons. You are correct. Question number two. Shot Rob Dog. Rob got a bit excited there. Can understand that. Who top scored for the Breakers in last night's win over the Sydney Kings? Gerald Brantley with 23 points is correct. Well done. Question number three. Who was the only team to score above 30 points in Super Rugby Pacific in week three? Uh, above 30. Um, the Rebels? It is correct. Melbourne Rebels beating the Waratahs. Rebels are flying. It's unbelievable. So good. So good. Question number four. Robbie, I might have to chat to you about these quizzes. It's a bit easy. <laughs> the Dolphins have surprised everyone in the NRL by winning the first two games. Who's the only t- other two teams, team in, in the competition to have won two from two? Uh, the Broncos. <laughs> the Broncos. You might as well just have that ding button on my repeat. Well, there we go. <laughs> Question number five. Woo Young has been released from the Black Cap squad to get some game time in the Plunkett Shield. Who has been called in? Oh, uh, can I get a clue, Kempe? Ooh, clue. Uh, yep. Um, well, I don't want to give a too easy clue on this one because you're on fire. Likes gardening. 
Doug Bertha. <laughs> You're all fired. I was going to. Is the dog name on Family <laughs> Man called Doug? <laughs> I was going to say, what's the dog's name on Family Man? Is this, did you get that from the clue, or was, were you just guessing? Oh yeah, well yeah, no, that was a clue. Did you Google it? <laughs> well, there you go, Timmy. A fifty dollars TAB. Hey, hey, Izzy, last week you said if we got five in a row, you'd give us some shoes, brother. Five. <laughs> Did I? Did I really? Yeah. Oh, I have, go, I have to go back and find the footage, and then um, have we listen. And if that's right, well, you got a pair of shoes coming your way. It was, th- it was Thursday morning. Oh, <laughs> look, he's come on to. He's got oh, a plan today. You're to so me. hungry for some shoes. All right then, you, you get a pair. Of, you get a pair of shoes coming your way, Timmy. You're not getting the fifty dollars TAB bonus, but I'm going to give that away during the show. So there you go. You got some shoes coming your way. Size eleven. You don't miss much. And Robbie, we're going to talk about this quiz because it's far, far, far too easy. There you go. Quizzy Dag for another Monday morning. Stay tuned because the Oracle, Tony Kemp, with a Love Racing update coming up. Yes, well, we're just about 7 o'clock, four minutes away. Call any time on the Kino's High phone line, 0800 150 811, the Grand Tour Racing Festival. It's still coming to you, and we have our Love Racing update. And what a weekend it was, wasn't it? Uh, all the talk was about another Central Districts raid. How good Lisa Ladder on the Auckland Cup. On the weekend, yep, Lisa Ladder's Platinum Invader levelled out to uh, on the straight to run down. A gallant nerve, not verve. It was Moroni's run, the Raider from Australia, and a late finishing ladies' man, the Sheik Al Sharok, giving us that one. It did run well, Izzy, but Dodgers still got too far back in the 3200 and uh, came home across the rest of the field, but the other two had got the jump. And yep, Platinum Invader, I don't know why we didn't talk about that last week. It had good form. Didn't have the weight, and uh, Lisa had got it well and truly ready to, to win that. So, uh, well done. It comes back down our home, the Auckland Cup, for another another year. So, uh, well done to Lisa. Really good to see her done. And also to all the connections uh, of Platinum and Vader, especially uh, looking forward to talking to one of the owners later on this morning. Prowess had to survive a protest in the Bone Crusher Stakes to take out the Group 1, holding out... Uh, Capionessa of Opie Bossum. You've got to feel sorry for our old mate Baz's mm. horse, Defibrillator. Yeah, that one's always hard to get out. Looked odds on to run in the top three before being squeezed out on the home straight. And yeah, that was a long protest. I actually thought that Prowess wasn't going to get that. But um, yep, common sense held true. And Prowess now looking to go to Australia. That's probably its next stand. Standout of the, of the year, though, the two-year-old, Tokyo Tycoon made it five from five and heads were looking around everywhere to see what's next for this one. Uh, He wouldn't give us any take on that, Mark Walker, after the races, um, but he said he's come out on Sunday and said they're spelling it now, putting out a paddock. I think it's a great move. Um, Aussie Beckham's for one, you have to think, uh, Tokyo Tycoon heading over there. Can it come back as a three-year-old and dominate that Australian market? There's going to be lots of racing this week, obviously, Matt, Matt, on Wednesday we've got Premier Racing in Wellington on Saturday, Izzy, and we'll find a couple of winners, hopefully, to get your pay. That's Love Racing update. Uh, eat, drink, and get racing. Round up the crew and book now at the Ground Tour, Grand Tour, that is, dot NZ. But, mate, you got to be happy. Beautiful, Kempe. Love that little Love Racing update. There was plenty happening over the weekend. And Lisa mm. Ladder, she's had a great couple of months, really. She, you remember at Rickland, she won the Coupland, Coupland Mile, was it? With yep. He's a Doozy? Yeah. Hell of a result there, and then to come up and, and to win it 
in the in the Auckland Cup with uh, Platinum Invader. Howard. I just love I just love the like you look at the owners. Did you mm. see the owners afterwards? There's a thousand of them. Oh. There's a cast of thousands, but every one of them were so happy. Um, and I always got a soft spot for that too in the in the in the CD. You know those people getting that one. Well done, Lisa, and to all her connections. Beautiful. Thanks very much, Kempi Pungal. We'll race again on yeah, Wednesday. Warwick Farm. So there you go. Stay tuned. There's plenty of messages. We'll get to them in the next hour. There's a little bit of a ah. Everyone's coming for the dag and the Crusaders, and I absolutely love it. Stacey Jones talking all things Warriors. Coming up, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Kia ora, welcome back, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SENZ, it's just after 7 o'clock. We appreciate everyone that has tuned in this morning after a big, big, Weekend of sport and the messages are flying through. <laughs> Everyone's coming hot for Daggy from Brett. I've got I got five in a row last week, but I got no shoes. Is that just another hookup for yes, the Cantap Brobes? Wouldn't be the first time I've been hosed. Vanaka up the grubs. Oh my <laughs> Brett. Uncle Brett. Oh look, honestly, I just went straight th- past me that I said that last week, but Timmy didn't miss much. And uh, so, yeah, he's got a pair of shoes. And remember, tomorrow we'll be giving you another pair of shoes away for Ryan Fox. We'll see how he finishes in the PGA, the Players' Championship over there at TPC Sawgrass. So keep the messages coming in. Another one, just quickly, before we get off to Stacey and have a chat to him about the NRL. Morena boys, well, Kempe, were the Warriors unlucky or was their attacking ability showing up a little? It'll be the last time they go in my multi. And Izzy, everyone knows the Satyrs, are notorious for their slow starts. To back up, there is uh, seven titles. Ha! Seven titles. Ha! <laughs> Seven titles. Ha! And finally, I played golf at Waimak Gorge yesterday and playing in running shoes. Don't cut the mustard. Slipping everywhere and it was dry. Cheers, Mark. Size 12, please. <laughs> <laughs> at least the same, please. Mm. Uh, just to answer your question on that, Mark, I just I don't think um, their ability to attack was showing up. I think w- there was a telling um, point in that game for me uh, when we were calling on a Saturday night, and it was the the loss of players, but who those players were to HIA. They lost both their edges in Jackson Ford and, and Norcore, uh, and then Chance Nickel Cockstick on the back of it. And you got to remember that those are three players that have been brought into the club. And um, because they'd lost those players, you'd had all the key positions on the football field. So you got two edge players, who so you're attacking players, and of course Chance at the back. And although Dylan Walker is really, I, I argue that he's probably the best number 14 in the competition coming off the bench. He can cover everywhere. Mm. So yes, uh, on Saturday night, Dylan came on. He actually came on, he covered the edge first, and then he went to play in the middle. Then he went to hooker because Wade Egan also had HIA and had to go there, and he ended up at 5'8". And Mark, just to, to, to um, complete that, that uh, I guess, um, conversation around the ability, an ability to attack, well, when you when you have Dills Walker having to chop in and out of mm. two spine positions as well as loses edges, they just had no um, continuity going at all. Um, there's a couple of other factors in there. Not completing, only completing two of the first eleven sets is another one. But yeah, I, I think that yeah they showed a lot in the first half when they held Sydney City out to to eight six. You know, that defensive effort was really good, but 
I think they got caught in the back end by, by using too much energy in that first 20 minutes. And uh, you got to say too, you know, like it could have been, even though it was 20 to 12, they bombed a number of opportunities, mm. Sydney City. Like Suali and, and Tedesco had, had a couple of tries bombed. Um, Suali with a couple of breaks, they're just going to get the, the ball um, over the line, you know. But you got to, you know, although that attack was scratchy from Sydney City and they could have made it uh, a lot easier, you've got to take your hats off to the way that they defended in the first half. Um, and that defence has been, like, I guess the, the, the biggest conversation over the off-season is whether or not the Warriors have bought into Andrew Webster's um, instructions. And I have to say to Sam, like, and I said this on Saturday night when watching the game, you can actually see the boys trying for each other. Now, Adam Fanua Blake, I don't know if you remember the train, Adam Fanua Blake's pushed through the middle off a, a new Kore break. So Sean Johnson's drifted across the sea defender. And um, the new bloke that came on, I think it was Drew Hutchinson, came on from Sydney City. He's chased really hard out of marker. And he's gone for Johnson and he's left the hole up the inside. Mm. And he hasn't been able to adjust. So he's, And he switched off. Of course, Noah Cordy's gone past them, and Fanua Blake's taken up the hole that Drew Hutchinson's left. But you would never have got Adam Fanua Blake in that position last year in the shape that he was in. Like, he's down, he's dropped 10 kilos, he's up um, fit as anything, and his support, his support line on that run to score that try yeah, just shows you the effort that they're putting in. And that's, I thought it was great. That's great. Yeah, like, I actually was amazed with that because you think the big boys, like that's anticipation, reading the ball and being in support plays and plays where you can make a difference. And seeing him in that position, I was like, wow, how did the big man get there? But you, you're dead right. He's lost a lot of weight. He's fit. But let, we're going to talk about that. This is an opportunity that's gone by for, for the Warriors. Like You think of the Roosters after you know losing their first one up against the Dolphins. And you spoke about it earlier. they got plenty of injuries. They're struggling. This was a hell of an opportunity to get the, you know, to get some more confidence and continuity going for this Warriors side, and they let it slip, Kempi. They, They'll be ruined that, wouldn't they? Well, you know, they showed the, the show they showed the week before that if you gave it to the forwards like the Dolphins did, mm. that they get on top because they've got a star-studded backline. You know, Joe Joe Manu was back playing his first grade. Mate, Sam Walker and Luke Carey are very good in the halves. You've got. Joseph Swally coming into centre and their two wings. Jackson Polo picked up a couple of tries and you got Daniel Tupo and James Desco. So you're looking at an international backline, but their forward pack was there for the taking. And I thought our forwards the week before against Newcastle um, had that opportunity. But what doesn't help is losing two to HIA mm. in the game really early. New Cordy especially. Like he, he was dominating defensively in that first game. And, of course, Jackson Ford, an unfortunate, was just a head knock to the shoulder of Lindsay Collins in a, in a, in a, in a collision. Um, that put him off and he, and he couldn't make it back on. And when you're not completing sets, so it doesn't really matter. What does that come down to, Kempe? Like when, you, when you're not completing sets, like you're 2 out of 11 incompletions, you're not getting to the 6 and relieving pressure. You know, is that, is that individual... You know, just accountability, is that structure? Is it Yeah, it's it's game management. Game management. Fine. It's mm. game management basically. Like, you know, he would have and we spoke about this in the pre match. Like Trent Robinson would have said to his forwards, you know, like he knows too well that they've got to match the forward pack. If they mm. can't match the forward pack, he can't unleash his backs. So he would have said to them, you know, we need to have a high completion rate so that we can build pressure. Now they were complete in the first half of ninety two percent. So these 
like you, and you look at their side, you know, like you've got Egan Butcher, Fletcher Baker, Jake Turpin, Ben Thomas. Like Ben Thomas, he's, Ben Thomas from the old school, mate. He looked like he came straight out of the pub. You know what I mean? Um, but he did such a good job for Sydney City on the weekend of just carrying the football. We come up with one error, crucial error, mm. um, late in the second half. But other than that, they just did their job. And I said to Sam coming out of half time, I said, you know, I'm watching Trent Robinson in the halftime talk, and it looks like he's talking to a second grade side. Like, yes, Joey Manu and James Tedesco are sitting in there, but the rest of the players, you're mm. going, mate, they're there for the taking. And the Warriors held on to eight, six at half time. And again, what happened is they came out and, and we got Sydney City making some errors early on, but we mirrored them. Mm. So they'd make an error, we'd make an error. They make an error, we make an error. The difference is they make an error, you make them pay. Yeah. They make an error, you make them pay. And that's what happened. They couldn't do that. And later on in the game, the, the fatigue factor starts to creep in because uh, of that 92% completion rate in the first half. And Joseph Sawyer and, and James Tedesco on the back of it started to run a muck. My always look, I was really impressed with Joseph Sawley. Um, I've I've watched him. I've been sort of sitting on the fence around them saying he's as good as Sonny Bill Williams. Mm. But if you watch that game, the way that he runs onto the football and attacks a very small hole mm. in a collision space is the the lack of fear and the body that can handle that because he can handle it at this age. You're looking, you're forecasting going two years' time when he's running into those holes, it is going to hurt the other teams. And that's what you're seeing with Tom Travojevic at the moment. So, Tom Travojevic is the same player, um, except Tom makes you pay. Like, you, t if you do have to tackle him, you need three bikes to stop him. And he still beats you off the ground and puts the next play in play. And that's where Joseph Sawley is heading to. You know, he's. Um, I thought he butchered that try, though, when he made that break. Well, when he Tedesco made, was on the inside, um, I would have been fuming if I was Tedesco. Well, he got, actually got a, he got a serve from Sammy Walker when Sam Walker got up because he threw that ball on the inside to Tedesco. And yeah. it was lucky Sammy was there because it was going to ground. Him. And Sammy Walker's picked it up and stood straight up and said, mate, you were lucky because <laughs> you should have given that straight to James Tedesco. But James Tedesco was threatening all night. Every carry that he had in the first half, he was getting pulled down by the back of his shorts, you know, his half breaks. And when you're watching a player of Tedesco's quality saying half break, half break, half break, when we came out of half time, they said, what, what do you reckon? I said, Tedesco's going to play up here. Mm. And of course, he just went through a couple of times. He should have scored a couple of tries. Um and and in the end, it didn't really matter because they had they had the energy built on that first half effort to get them over the line. Unfortunately, we can't get Stace at the moment. It's just going to voicemail. They're probably um, on their way back from Sydney. I don't know whether they might have stayed over or the little generals deserve. That's a, all right. We don't need Stace when we've got Tony Kemp here. And and I think when you Kempy, like we'll keep talking about this because this is a. A great topic for us. And keep those messages coming through. If you've got any questions for Kempe, he is our man for NRL. He calls all the action. He understands the game. And, well, no surprise, he's played plenty of it. So if you've got anything, double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven on the Kennard Tire phone line. Kempe, in terms of the Warriors, when you think to the last couple of years, surely you've seen some improvement. We're only two rounds in, but surely you've seen certain areas that have had a hell of a lot of improvement for you, what are those combinations to Mighty Martin, Sean Johnson? Is that something that you saw improvements with? Yeah, oh, look, I was, I was saying, like, Jay, me and, me and the, the wife are sitting there watching it, you know, and I was saying to Jay, and their, their spine's just so much um, quicker. Mm. You know, to what, what to Mighty Martin and um, Chancellor Clockstag add to it is speed. 
around that is what, what Sean Johnson needs is he needed he needed blokes that can go at 100 miles an hour at, at the advantage line. And I, I like the look of it. And it's no wonder that Wade Egan is on the back of it going, oh, having some fun out of dummy half. You know, he supported Sean Johnson for that first try. Sean could have scored that himself. Mm. Um, but he's getting out of dummy half on the back of it as well, you know, and enjoying because they're looking... It's like Kikau on the right, yeah. you know. So Luai goes right in the spine. But when you've got someone like Kikau out there, defenders have to think about, you know, man, how are we going to stop this giant out here on the on the mm. left edge? It's the same thing with Wade Egan. Like, man, we're looking for, for Tamari Martin and Clockstead now, and the eyes are off Egan at the ruck. Mm. You know what I mean? So he's just jumping out and making it. So have I seen the, the changes? Yes, I have. Have I seen enough for them to, to be a top four prospect? No, I haven't. You know, um, and a telling point for me on the weekend was when they lost those three players. So you lose Jackson Ford, he's new. Noah Cordy, he's new. Chance Nickel Clockstick, he's new. The players that came on couldn't mm. keep that benefit up. Oh, um, we're going to go to the the uh, phone lines now. We've got Joe from Gizzy. Hey, Joe, good morning. Morning, the brothers. How are we? What was, you, what was your take, Joey? Oh, I think we're starting to stiffen up. I think our back rower acquisitions with Nia Corday uh, and Ford, I think they're going great. I think they just need a bit more combination time. We didn't go down the right side enough. Mm. And at times we did, Nia Corday looked a threat. I think Viliami has a centre. Options kind of cleared up that. We've been looking for a centre for about five, six years. He's got a bit of spine and can put his shoulder into it. And I think for once, uh, you'd have to record this, Kempi, I think Johnson is actually playing quite well. He's going to the line which, you know, we've spoken about over years, he doesn't go to the line. And I think my mate, my mate uh, Wade in there, Wade Egan, is just, mate, he is cracking it. And if uh, if he was due state of origin time, you know, and he played like this for a season, he'd put his hand up. But we just need to keep it consistent. And I, and I love the way in the first two games we haven't fallen away in the last 20. Yeah, and, right. I, and, and, I don't, and I don't think we will, Joey. I don't think we will fall away. I think one thing Andrew Webster's done is he's got... These boys lean and and fit, um, and that just that that um, analysis of Sean Johnson. The the do you think that that the addition of Tamari Martin and Nicole Clockstead has made that difference and given that and of course those back rows of Ford and Neil Cordy given that confidence to Johnson. Definitely, and it's also given them options mm. and it's given them time. Right, they can go to Johnson, and then they can also go to go to Clockstead, who can either kick, he can be physical. Right, and they've brought that, those, those class players around him who actually are options, so he doesn't have to be the only option like he has been in a while. And I think what, what you're seeing now, hopefully, over the season, their fitness, and we've got depth, Kempi. We've got depth off the bench, you know, and that we can actually go to, we're not scared. Okay, we had some HIA issues on the weekend, and uh, the boys had to go 20 without a reserve. But what we're finding now, right, is if we can keep that going, get some momentum, we're only eight points off the Roosters, you know. And they had, a, they, had they were missing a few players too, to be fair. So you get them next time round, you know, they're going to have Warrior Hargrave and a few of those boys back. But we just need to keep building, take the mistakes out of our game. Yeah, and I think we're definitely eight contenders, boys. And this is, hey, Joe, I just want to touch on the bench because this is a critical part of the NRL is when the the changes are made from your bench and the momentum of the game swings. If you have a look at our bench, we had Dylan Walker, Josh Curran, Bunty and Tom Ale. Um, Ali, we, we didn't really get to use them the way that Webby wanted to because of those HIAs. You know, Dill got thrown around 
Um, Josh Curran got on, he got injured. He's probably out for a few weeks. And, of course, Bunty and Tommy, they they were used as they were needed because we were tiring. And on the other side, the the um, Roosters got to use his bench how he wanted to and, and just kept building momentum. So, look, I, I hear what you're saying, Joey. Thanks for calling in. Um, on that, I, I totally agree with Joe. I think Joey, they're fit enough. Barbecue pork, yeah. spicy ramen, Friday. Thank you. <laughs> it's on the table, brother. It's on the table, <laughs> waiting for you. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, thanks for your call, mate. Always on point. Here is Joe from Gizzy. Sent me a photo. He's, he's a bit of a chef, a eh? bit of a cook. He's got a spicy barbecue pork ramen. It looks so, so good. Love having this Warriors chat, Kempe. Uh, obviously, we couldn't get Stacey Jones. That's okay because we got the one and only Tony Kemp can cover all the NRL from the weekend. And a message here from Chris in regards to Kalen Ponga. Should he move back to the fullback two weeks in a row, KO'd or defended or, or defend at the back? Attack from the front. Uh, in the front, only last one set. From Chris, like yeah. Kalen Ponga, wrong position. Well, like they don't move Tedesco up to that front. They don't move Tommy Turbo up there, do they? You know, like Kalen's the best full. Well, he's the second best fullback. You take Origin, um, the one of the first or, or second best fullbacks in the competition. Oh, I don't know why you'd move him up to the front anyway. Look, Kalen's so lethal with ball in hand. If you want to put him in the front line with a, and he has an HIA issue anyway. You've got to put him into those positions. He hasn't had enough tackling technique from the fullback position. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. So you're, you're trying someone that's used to making um, try saving tackles once or twice a game to make. And and if you look at every coach and the way that they sent Sean Johnson had to, he's got to make 25 tackles a game. Roger Tuivasa-Sheik. They just send they send traffic your way. Mm. So you're watching what's happening to Kalen Ponga at the moment. I know Brian needs to make a really wise decision here and put Kalen at the back. Mm. Otherwise, he's just not going to have Kalen playing football this year. Get him in the back, mate. Otherwise, you're going to lose him. That is such an easy fix. That's a great text. Good message coming through. And just another one quickly, Kempe, before we get off to your off-the-back fence. I'm I'm unsure if I even want to go to off-the-back fence, but anyway, (laughs) we've got to get there shortly. (laughs) Kempe, is it time to give Martin the chance to run the side around SJ? Looks out of ideas. Kicking game, too predictable. First time we didn't go to the air on the fifth we scored. I think SJ doesn't manage the game still. Think Martin did that well in our first trial match. Thoughts? I think I, I think you've got to persevere with that. Mm. And and I've said this right at the beginning. Like Sean has an opportunity in this very first six rounds to cement the spine. And I think, to be brutally honest, I think he's doing it. Like he played, he played a very good game on the weekend, Sean. And over the last two weeks, I, I agree the kicking game has been scratchy. But I actually want a predictable kicking game. I want them to get into a position. And Sean, if you look at Nathan Cleary, all right, he has a predictable kicking game, mm. and every kick that he puts up is contestable. That's predictable yeah. when you're watching Penrith. We need to be the same. Yeah. It you looks know, like we're in two minds, eh? Keep we are. Like, well, it's we'll the two minds here, that is, is costing us. But last minute we're like, oh, we're going to kick it. That's right. You're in your fifth kick it and then put themselves and relieve that pressure. It's such an easy fix. You're dead right. And uh, they got, they're taking on the Cowboys this weekend, so they'll no doubt need to fix it really, really quick. A wounded Cowboys side. Starting to rain. They're in Christchurch, so not ideal for cricket there, Robbie. Hopefully that can just ease and pass Nice and quick. Well, I've chewed up all the time. Hopefully that's good because we don't really want to hear from him. But no, we go off the back fence with Tony Kemp coming up. You're listening to Izzy and Kemp before breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. 
the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, I have to say, what a hell of a weekend's footy we witnessed on both the NRL and Super Rugby. Stop it, Izzy. Okay, you're going to have to take this. However, the highlight for me was seeing my adopted Drewer get a much-deserved overtime penalty to beat the Crusaders, the biggest of them all. While spending time at Voma Island last week, I got to see firsthand the Fijian high-performance operation at work. And I think I might have stumbled on why the Fijian high-performance unit is so successful. Well, number one, firstly, how to get used to the firm grounds. Well, guess what? Training bare feet. Yeah, this <laughs> technique has been around for centuries, and the Fijians are taking it to another level. Number two, five o'clock training sessions. Who would have thought all year round? Remember those is, eh? Afternoon sessions. Preparing for the weekend's (laughs) games. Another technique the Fijians have developed and made it into their second religion. Touch at five o'clock. Touch. Touch (laughs) at five o'clock. Genius. And, of course, number three, training in the heat and the humidity. Makes playing anywhere else a breeze and heaven help the visiting team, especially those crusaders. The benefit of these unique Fijian training sessions Played out what on a Saturday when they get a well-deserved win against the Crusader side that just doesn't lose these games. When a seven Pete beckons, your Crusaders, as he have always had the resilience to find a win. But where does this put the current team is my question. Is there a shift north this year to find a champion? No. Or are the Crusaders going to still get the job done? I guess you're going to say yes. One thing I know for sure is that the Fijian drawer and their passionate supporters will be basking in this historical win while the rest of New Zealand, outside of Canterbury, wonder if this is someone else's year. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. <laughs> I love how you're clutching there. No, they just had an off day, Kempy. Nah, look, honestly, put my Crusaders hat to the side. This is great for the competition. I, um, honestly, I think the Drew are going to upset plenty over there. Not six say, games. They got six games. Yeah, this year. and I think they're gonna they're gonna get a couple of results to boot. Like this, this is a hell of a result, knowing the history that the Crusaders have for for Fijian rugby, and this is why they are an inclusion into this competition because they provide us with so much joy and entertainment over the years. And you touched on it, mate. They don't have the resources that we have. They don't have anything that to their disposal like the Crusaders have in terms of technology, drones, you know, you've got reviewing footage, you've got cameras, you've got you everything, got scrum machine, boots, sponsors, like the money aside, they just play for heart and love of their people and the love of the game of rugby. So absolutely love that from you. Passionate as always. And a message has come through. Where have all the overconfident Crusaders fans gone? Get ready for the wooden spoon party in Christchurch. <laughs> there you go. Come oh. on. I think taking the wooden spoon is a bit too much. <laughs> Leave oh. your name. Leave your name, triple four one. <laughs> triple four one. There you go. Maybe the best the Razor is over. One win from three. Not the best job application team needs to perform. No matter the distraction, go Jamie Joseph. So there's so some Jamie Joseph fans down there, and just a weather update that's pouring down in Christchurch, which is hard to believe. My wife just put up a photo. It's not an all. It's not. It's not out <laughs> in the country. But anyway, hopefully we can get some cricket played today. That is off the back fence with Kempi. His highlight was Fijian Drua beating the Crusaders, and I'm not surprised because he loves Bola. rubbing it in. Vanaka, we got to shoot off. We have got some headlines with Joey B coming up. We also got a choices flooring poll. 
And we've got David Choke later on in the show to talk some football. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Gracias, Aroha. Thank you very much. It's time for some headlines with Joey B. Brought to you by Kennards Hire. Make your job easy. Kennards.co.nz. Joey B. Amelia Kerr grabbed both wickets for the UP Warriors in the Women's Premier League this morning as her side lost by eight wickets to the Mumbai Indians. Meanwhile, in Premier League action, it's just wrapped up with Newcastle getting a 2-1 win over Wolves to hold on to fifth spot on the table, sitting one place above a wildly inconsistent Liverpool team who fell to Bournemouth 1-0 a week after thumping Man United 7-0. And uh, Scotty Scheffler bo- just bogeyed the third hole on the final day of the Players' Championship, opening the door for the Aussie Minwoo Lee, with both of them currently sitting on 13 under. Those are your sports headlines, thanks to Ken Hire, makes you making your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken Oath today. And boys... Today is my favourite day of all days, which leads me into the Choices Flooring Poll. Yes, it is Oscars Day. The only time that I'm truly happy is when I'm watching a movie, boys, and it's, it's going to be a good one, I reckon. And who gets it, Joe? Who? who gets the Oscar? With who? Watching a movie? With who? Oh, by myself. I often go to, <laughs> I often go to the movies by myself on a Saturday night. I feel a little bit creepy. Wow. Eh? Like, there's all these couples. Like, I go to a rom-com and I'm just the kind of the awkward guy sitting in the corner by myself, you know? Popcorn? Oh, definitely popcorn. Nice. I, I, yeah, I treat myself. It's, uh, I, I have a date by myself pretty much. Anyways, time for the choice flooring poll. <laughs> See your room floor change in an instant with room view. Slip in your mouth, guards, boys. It's time for the Oscars. What sports story from the past year do you think deserves to be turned into an Oscar-worthy film? Is it Baz's turn as England's cricket coach, Argentina's World Cup win, the All Blacks coaching saga, or the Breakers turning it around in a year? Joe, that is so that is good. good. That is good. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I, I'm creative when I think movies, boys. I, I shouldn't be man. working on a sports radio show. Eh? Oh, well. Is. You're doing a fantastic job, Joe. That's a great choice as flooring pole. Um, Kempe? Oh, look, I've, I've said it all along. I think the Breakers turnaround this year is a great... I think it's going to be turned into a Netflix. I was watching it last night thinking, how good. Like, they're written off and, and Sydney are coming here to win and win the final and then they take it to a... a a final game mm. like it makes you can hear you know those Americans over the back saying and the breakers they thought it was all over and you know Barry Brown Jr. sinking all, you know you can just hear it so for me um, like Baz is mate top of the list of course Baz is top of the list but the breakers turnaround after COVID is something special for us down here in New Zealand getting able to watch it uh, just so you know Victor Arena last night couldn't get a ticket mm. sold out Beautiful. No surprise. We've got the best and the most passionate fans as well. That's a great choice as Florian Poll. If you want to have a vote, you can head over to the app, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SEN app and have a vote for the choices Flooring Poll. My pick, I, I, I love what you said about the breakers, Kempi. I'd love to get an inside look and make that very, very passionate. They've got an opportunity to do something great. Not quite there yet. Hopefully they can do something special for the breakers. But I go. I want to go with number one. Baz, 
Baz's turn as England cricket coach, not only for their for their performances, but I'd love to get an inside look, like behind the scenes, behind the scenes <laughs> to actually what's going on. You know, like how special would that be? You know, I was chipping away a couple of cold hazies with him down in Queenstown and kind of getting a little glimpse. I wasn't giving too much away, but I get an understanding that cricket is probably sixth on the list in terms of environment for him and his team. <laughs> like, there is optional trainings, no nutritionists. There is everything's just yeah far far from the, the before. He stripped it back. He stripped it right back, and he's given the, the the power to the players, and you can see them reacting really really well they've got a, a fantastic environment at the moment and they're getting results that are proving that so i'd just love to get a, a little inside look and i'm sure that will go a long way to to potentially winning an oscar for me so there you go lads what about you robbie Is that list anything that ticked the box for you mate oh that's a good question um yeah i, th- I think i think baz is next level all, all the all the breakers for me just the the way they turned it around in a season ridiculous bang there you go joey b basketball movies always slap i love a good basketball movie but i do think baz's turn as england cricket coach i think it would be a great film and honestly i've always thought baz looks like an actor he is uh, oh he has the most gorgeous piercing blue eyes <laughs> <laughs> he, paul newman <laughs> joey is he paul newman he, he honestly he looks like Paul Newman. Like, I, it's like you know, I worked with him for a year, and anytime I, I met him in person, I just couldn't even look at him. He's just he's, he's too pretty. He's too pretty. He's too gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Clip that. We'll send it to him after this. He'll absolutely be chuffed with that from Joe B. Game of vote, and uh, you can we'll we'll announce. Well, we'll give the results at around eight. 30 this morning. Coming up, we've got David Choate. We're going to be talking some football because Wellington Phoenix, well, they got one over Sydney FC over the weekend. And well, 4-4-4-1 has come through again. The crusade is over. The joy Fiji and Drua gave us is priceless. Priceless. What a time to be alive. Bulla Vanaka. Keep smiling, Kempi. Victory is sweet. Come on, put your name to it. <laughs> Oh, there you go. David Choke, coming up. Yes, welcome back. We're 15 away from eight, and it's now time to talk some football, Kempe. Yeah, well, it was a thrilling weekend if you're a Wellington Phoenix fan, with both the men's and the women's sides taking home 1-0 wins against Sydney FC. The women's win was just the second of the season and came against the side at the top of the table, while the men's win put the side third equal on points and into a promising position. How good with just six games still to play before the playoffs. With us this morning to talk through the results and what's happening in football around the world is David Choke. Morning, David. How are you? Yeah, good, gents. Yeah, good morning if you're a Phoenix fan, isn't it? It's not so good if you uh, <laughs> are from both the men and the women getting up and over them. It was, uh, yeah... A nice watch. Yeah, mate. How, and how good has it been, Dave? I, I guess getting that um, that double being down there, watching it, uh, the women and the and the men's team, and still being in the race for finals. Yeah, great for the men. Uh, keeps them in the race. But I think even greater for the women. Uh, top, the bottom, that one. So, you know, when you get one of those massive upsets in the sport, uh, it feels good. Uh, the, the women's side uh, deserved sort of to take most of the credit this weekend because they played a side which by rights they shouldn't have got up even close to. But they uh, they won. They won 1-0. And they 
fully deserved their goal. It was um, it was a it was a good watch. Yeah, it's good for their confidence knowing that they can compete in this level. What was the sudden change? Where'd you see that result coming from? Any takeaways? No, I didn't see it coming. But I, what I did like about them is they they got their goal uh, and they kept going for their mm. second. They never sat on their lead. They tried and tried. Uh, they won their sort of uh, possession. They they got themselves into uh, sort of the front foot football, which was just didn't see it coming at all. I thought against Sydney, who have been uh, clearly the best side in the women's game, you thought, well, this could be a bit of a, a tough ask. But uh, there was a real a real passion in the performance. Uh, they, they thoroughly deserved to win in what looked a pretty hot afternoon in Sydney. Yeah, it was a hot afternoon for sure. Well, let's talk about the men's side as well. Look, just hell of a lot of opportunities in terms of Sydney FC. They'll be ruined the middle work, Ollie Sale saving plenty, and then the Phoenix getting, obviously, their uh, goal in the 20th minute. They'll be relatively happy that they uh, happy that they stayed in the fight and were able to defend the last quarters. Yep, they'll be real pleased with the result. They... Um, they were they were lucky, I think. It was a sneaky win. Uh, you'd say on sort of the, the balance of play and chances created, Sydney would feel a bit stiff going away without anything from Eden Park, but it's become a fortress for the Wellington Phoenix. Zavada in the goals again. He, he, he snuck the goal at the far post, and uh, the Phoenix rode their luck and uh, held on. It was, uh, it was one of those wins, a bit like last week against the Jets. Mm. Matches they must win. They've got themselves across the line, but only just. Hey, Dave, let's talk a little bit about Ollie Sale. He's announced that he won't be resigning, played a big part on the weekend. Uh, how's that affecting the team and, and I guess, the future of, of goalkeepers in, in at the Phoenix? Nature of the A-League, so I don't think the players will be affected at all. This seems to be the way of the A-League players announce where they're going sort of towards the end of the season. They don't sign multi-year deals in A-League football and they tend to drift around again. I smell a bit of a rat in this one. I think uh, Ollie Sale's still got his eye to further afield. I think the Perth move is sort of one step away from Wellington and, and hopefully for Ollie Sale one step closer to a European sort of offer. I think that's where his eyes really are. Um, so I wonder if this move to Perth is transitional. I'm not convinced that uh, Perth is the dream destination for Ollie Sale, but I think he's looking for a bigger gig and I suspect Perth is a stepping stone. Well, let's talk about Ufuk Talei. Obviously, he missed out on the All Whites, so there was a little bit of well, indis- well, a little bit of unease around his coaching future at, at the Phoenix. I haven't heard the latest, but his impact on this the squad as as a coach, mate. If he goes, be a huge loss. Yeah, be a massive loss. Oregon has had a huge impact not only on the Wellington Phoenix but on New Zealand football. He's yeah. given plenty of Kiwis a chance to play A-League football, and plenty of those Kiwis will step on to bigger leagues, which is good for the game and good for the All-Whites. So so I would say Ufuk Talley has been a real... Um, is that the wrong decision, to let him go? For the, for the All-Whites? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I reckon. Hey, I Dave, think they've missed a bit Dave, of a trick there. I, I think there was a chance to sort of lock him in. Yeah, David, let's just, just talk a little bit about that. You know, you've got Ufuk Talley there, who's obviously, like you said, had a bigger impact on, on New Zealand football than than anyone for in recent years. Um, is there, or does there need to be a, a change at the top of New Zealand football so that we don't miss these opportunities that come around? Well, there must be questions asked because it's been a botched sort of um, process. There's no question we were in mm-hmm. the press as a, as a code saying we've, we're about to sign the next big thing in, in, in football for the All-Whites and it just hasn't transpired. Uh, there are good All-Whites fixtures coming up. They've got games in the window. Darren Basie will do his job and I imagine do it well as the interim coach. But certainly I don't think it's where New Zealand football wanted to be. So I would be asking questions of our administration. But I think the game in New Zealand 
isn't big enough sort of to have mm. multiple big managers in the game. So I thought um, the opportunity to maybe lock Talley into the New Zealand football scene would have been a a very interesting proposition for both the Wellington Phoenix and New Zealand football to get their heads around together. I'm not convinced there was much collaboration going on, and I think mm. that's a shame. You know, you know, and it's not the only sport too. You know, like you, you, you tend to think that these sports are following some type of direction in an area, not actually understanding professional sport. Do you get that feeling, Dave? You know, like um, you're in the professional game, they're in the amateur administration game. They're trying to hire a professional coach and look after professional players, and they can't bridge that gap. Because for me, having Ufuk Tale as the as the coach of the All Whites, it makes total sense. Yeah, look, I think there's a, a bit of a fine line. They're called fish heads for a reason. I mean, there's, there's something about the fish. Um, I don't think we call them fish heads because we, we like fish. Um, I think those who have been in the game and understand how the game's played have a, a unique knowledge to share, and I think that's something that is missing from many codes. You end up with officialdom making calls that have people who understand the game and live in that culture scratching their heads, and I think this football one's much like many of those codes. Beautiful. Before we let you go, mate, what chance do you give them inside going into the playoffs? Um, look, I think they're, they're every chance. Mm. I think they've, in the last couple of weeks, shown that they can sort of hang on to results. I like them better when they're playing with the ball and trying to sort of get get themselves in front. I think that's when they play their best football. When they score early, they seem to sort of almost uh, go into defensive mode and hang on to what they've got. I like them when they keep playing. I think they could take a leaf out of that women's team and keep playing for the 90. Although I'm saying that Ufuk Tele is a better coach than I'll ever be. So uh, <laughs> he's doing the right thing at the moment. And he'll, he'll, he's got a, an interesting run in six games to go. They said equal sort of third on goal difference. They play three teams above them and three teams below them. If they pick up a decent amount of points, they may well play themselves into a home final. A home, a home final. If they do that, uh, no one will want to come to Wellington to play them, I'm sure of that. Beautiful. What a weekend for the Phoenix. Wellington Phoenix franchise, both men's and women's side, beating Sydney FC. And we're talking to David Cho, all things football. We appreciate your time, mate. Thanks so much, and I uh, hope you're well. Yeah, thanks. Always happy to talk to Ramboy, fellas. Thanks very much, Dave. There he is. We were going to get, ask him who his premier side is, but we won't go there because it might be Liverpool after that seven up. Well, how many memes are coming out about that seven up and then they've just <laughs> gone seven down? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Anyway, that was David Chate. We're going to shoot off. We've got plenty of messages on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three, and call us any time on the Kennards Hire phone line, 0800 Back soon. Yes, we're a couple of minutes out from 8 o'clock. Are you listening to Izzy and for breakfast? We spoke to David Choate just recently about the Phoenix's win against Sydney City, how good the women and the men both getting up there. You can head to Izzy and Kempe on the SENZ app, check out podcasts to hear that interview with David Choate and much, much more. Coming up after 8, we will catch up with Issa uh, Nasiwa to talking about the draw and their fantastic win over there in the hot country, Fiji, how good was that? We've had lots of text messages coming. Here's another couple. I love how everyone is so quick to write us off. The same thing happened last year and we did okay at the Garden of Eden. Crusaders for life. That's from Tim. Uh, There's another one down here about the league. Kempe, what you should be picking is the Warriors not making the top eight. Fact. That's from old Happy down in Christchurch. Brian, and Brian, if you tune in to Wednesday's Running It Straight, you would actually 
here that I did actually put them in ninth position. I think they'll be fighting out for the eight between seventh uh, and twelfth. I think that that number there uh, come the back end of the year, Brian, is, is possibly this. They can make it. Um, possibly they can't make it. I think there are changes uh, happening in the Warriors for the good, and they are a hell of a lot better. You're listening to Izzy and Kepi for breakfast here on SENZ. We've got another big hour of the show coming up. Issa Nasiwa will be joining us after the break. We're talking to Paulie Mawadi and, of course, catching up with the Doyen and Smith to talk all things sport, possibly the cricket. And Robbie, the clouds have opened up down in Crosshurch. We'll keep an eye on that weather uh, over the next hour to let you know whether or not it's coming in. But uh, my mate Izzy, he's uh, he's getting ready for this conversation with Issa Nasewa. That's why he's just gone out there some fresh air. Here is Aroha with the new news with Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning. Welcome back to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. SCNZ, well, a little players' championship update. Ryan Fox is five under. He's for a tied 31st out of all the players. And then you just had, you look over the top, Scotty Scheffler's sitting comfortably 13 under. Players were circling. Hideki Matsuyama was 12 under, but he gave two away. For a double bogey, and he is five under for the day through 15. You got Max Homer, who was 10 under after 14, and you got Minwoo Lee, who was plus two after five, uh, after five holes through that competition. So we'll keep you up to date with how it's all unfolding at the PGA. I hope Ryan Fox can continue his fine form. And remember, tomorrow we'll give away those pair of golf shoes that we announced last week. Time to talk Super Rugby thanks to BizCover. Easy business insurance for your winning team. The feeling of winning a game against the odds in front of your home crowd is one of the best you can experience in all of sports. Fiji and Drua loyal fans witnessed something very special on Saturday as their boys pushed the Crusaders to the absolute limits and to the disbelief of many prevailed in a nail-biting finish. To reflect on what was an epic game, an entertaining weekend of rugby as former Fijian representative and super rugby star Issa Nathewa. Morning, Issa. Morning, brother. How are you, man? Oh, a bit deflated this morning, actually. If you're going <laughs> to make a movie on this. <laughs> but hey, how good for Pacifica rugby, Fijian draw. I was actually, I'm going to be completely honest, I was a little bit nervous for that game, knowing how difficult it is to play in Fiji, the conditions are hot, and you know it's hard enough marking one of you know east, one east and there were let alone fifteen of them. Were you surprised, or, mate? Oh. How, how good's that for Fiji and rugby? Oh man, it's just huge, and and mm. even for the whole competition, you know, like really, who wants to see a seventy point win or like nah. a, or a blowout of a score? You know, it just it just does nothing for rugby. Whereas you know those are the games that make a competition. Um, those are the games that people want to watch and are damn entertaining, you know. So for, for the Fiji Guru team to actually do that in La Toka, at home, um, in front of those crowds, you just you just saw how much passion was was about. And I think that's that's the best thing about those ones, you know. It's, it's always, is it a one-off or can they go again? If they go again, it just sort of builds that massive momentum. But just a phenomenal day. And, you know, we see, we've seen so many awesome games up in the islands as well. But, you know, that one in particular was just absolutely special. Plus it was against the Crusaders, so I've got to grin <laughs> on my face. Hey, <laughs> Nathua, you know, what does it, it mean in the context of Super Rugby, given that the Fijian Drua have joined the competition and 
now with the six games this year, have got to win against the, the I guess the top of the top of the table Crusaders. What does it actually mean for the country? Oh man, I think it's I think it's huge. Not just um, uh, you know for the country, for Fiji, for the passionate fans, um, the fans that can get to the games, the ones mm. that can't up in the villages. Oh man, it's it's just huge for the um, for the country for for the team in particular. And then you look at the competition when a team gets brought in. There's always those doubts around you know is it the right move are they financially viable are they are they just going to be you know are they going to be walked over um you know it wasn't so super successful with things like the sun wolves and stuff but mm. you know even they pulled out a miraculous win but i think something like this fiji team uh fiji Brua and what they do um man it's it's pretty phenomenal and you know the fans regardless will show up in their droves there's there's 10 times as many people that wanted to get into a stadium like that and, and, and watch those wins. But, you know, for their momentum and what they can do and what they've done early in the season, um, it's so good for the rugby. Can you just like shed some light on, on what it would have been like post it over there in Lautoka, Fiji, the Fijian people? Oh. They are the most loveliest, kindest, passionate people I've ever met. And, and like the scenes that would have unfolded post that. Oh man, I, I could only imagine. My my mum and dad rang me right on the right on the final whistle <laughs> to actually go. Could you actually imagine being there right now? Yeah. And that's that's the best thing, you know. There was there there was there would have been so many people outside of that stadium that just couldn't have got in. And I think what's awesome is the uh, humility they all show. Um, once you know the final whistle has died down, you know. Uh, I think Frank Lamana spoke after the match, just saying. You know, that win was for everyone. Um, he said, he spoke about the people in the highlands, the people in the villages, the people that couldn't afford it, that couldn't be there. He mm. said that win was for them. So you talk about a team that plays with their heart on the sleeve. Um, you know, it's hard to hard to sort of match that. And he talked about their culture and what it's done for the team. So, you know, it won't be the... They're on the up, you know, and sometimes that's all you need with success is, is to get over a hurdle like that and then to, to keep going. So it's pretty, it would have been phenomenal scenes. I couldn't have even imagine how good it would have been after that match. And they all would have stayed on afterwards. They all would have had photos with the crowd. They would have done everything um, that they needed to, but mm. I could not imagine how good the buzz would have been. Making dreams, making dreams come true, those boys. that uh, Every every kid's aspiration to play for the drawer. Now, if you're a young Fijian boy growing up, just take us through some of the highlights of players, uh, Nathiwa, who you thought stood out and really stepped up in there. And I guess, too, when it looked like they, all the chips were so down. Mm. The breakdown. Mm. Yeah. Oh, man, the, the, the breakdown was phenomenal. Salawa mm. at seven, just, just the, the physicality they showed when needed. Um, but for, oh, for me, I think, uh, you know, Frank Lamani was just absolute standout. I think just the way he was involved in everything, his speed of delivery, what he did when he needed to, I think um, that was the absolute highlight for me because, you know, if, you know, a nine can be the heartbeat of any team, but when they sort of um, pick everyone up and just say, hey, do you want follow me? Um, then everyone else does that as well. The, the, the loose forward trio... Um, and to Lamani in particular, was just absolute standout because they matched it physically and then took it to another level. Um, and then everyone's energies have sort of jumped in behind. Um, it, was, it was pretty phenomenal. Were you surprised with how rusty the Crusaders were? And uh, do, you, do you get a sense that they took them lightly? Oh, man, that's, that's such a hard one mm. to sort of gauge, you know. I think... 
you know, would they, if you had your time again, would you have made changes? Of course you would have. You know, but hindsight's a great thing. Yeah. Um, but, man, it, it, it's tough. You know, you, you could only imagine playing in 30-degree heat, sticky. Um, oh. It's not a case of the whole team being off. All it is is a couple of players. You know, one or two players might have just been down or a little bit half a metre behind the behind the pace of the game, and that's all it takes in those conditions. It's terrible playing in that type of heat um, and how <laughs> yeah, sticky it is. Yeah. And if you've got a team on the up and on the bounce on the other side of it, you know, half a yard sometimes turns into a metre or a metre and a half, and that's the difference of sticking those loose shoulder tackles or, you know, or, or making them. And I think that's, if you look at the highlights, it's literally that. It's just a weak shoulder here. Um, majority of times those Crusaders boys make those tackles, um, but sometimes the flow and ebb of a game sometimes just isn't on your side. Well, many are riding them off, riding the Crusaders off, and uh, they're loving... Who's, the who's, who's playing next week? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's going to be pretty... That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at next week going, well, you look at this calendar. Yeah. You know, what, what, are the, what are the Chiefs going to do? Are they going to get up against the Rebels? Yes. Um, you know, what, what, are the, what are the Blues going to do? You know, they might get up at home, and then it's a very different table come next week, but I've I've seen the Crusaders in years gone by not have the flash of start, but they're always there at the end. But I think um, next week is quite a defining week for them and, and what I'm going to be keeping my eyes on. Well, have a look at this. Blues taking on the Crusaders in Auckland. Doesn't get any more <laughs> juicier than that. A wounded Crusaders up against a, well, valiant Blues side that went to the Caketon and, well, got there in the end, yep. but it made tough work of it. Yeah, oh, they 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 got there in the end, you know. After you know the Canes and what happened the week before to the mm. Christa, the Blues to actually go down there and get that win, that was a ground out win that they needed. Um, but man, does it set up for a fascinating week um, in, in Super Rugby with the with the Crusaders coming coming to town. Hey, Nathiwa, like standout standout players of the year. You got the World Cup coming out. Is there someone that, like you're looking at at the moment going, mate? This guy's a bolter for the for the All Blacks. Name him. Oh man, there's there's probably too many to name. I, I think Mark Talia again has just been absolutely phenomenal um, in his involvements this year. A um, little bit quiet at times, but then he just just comes to the fray. But I think so many so many people are putting trying to put their hand up. Um, what about you know, this I name, think, Issa, as a fellow uh, ten fullback, Sean Stevenson? Oh man, he's he has just got better and better the more they let him play his natural game. Mm. Um, he's He's got those attacking rangy skills. He can kick the ball a mile. Um, and the more he is comfortable in a position such as, you know, 15 with the skills of a 10, um, he's sort of one of those bolters that you may maybe go, imagine him in an all-black environment. That's what I always think. You know, I always think, you know, how, if someone can be a bolter, someone can have a standout season, mm. then you allow him to sort of flourish and, and in an all black environment, you can sort of go to another level. So, you know, there's a lot of those Chiefs guys that are that are really standing up and putting their hand up. It's um, yeah, it's intriguing times with what's going on. Yeah, it's good rugby to watch the Chiefs. I'm actually can't believe I'm saying it, but they are playing extremely well, and I love their attack. It's innov- it's innovating, it's invigorating, and it's a great great to watch. And just quickly, mate, your Ireland, the Irish, Ireland got yep. up Six Nations. 
They got up. They got up. It was, um, you know, a valiant Scottish match. I got up and watched it. Um, yeah, they're just going from strength to strength, you know, and then they kept Scotland, you know, scoreless in the second half. That was that was pretty phenomenal, you know. I think Gregor Townsend said, you know, the start of the match and mm-hmm. oh, the first 20 and the last 20 will be pivotal, but um, oh, the Irish just had shut them out um, in that second half. So, man, they're... They've got a huge one. Oh, nothing better than seeing England get trounced and taken them by the French. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that, for me, was even more impressive. Um, but, man, you know, they're, they're wounded. They've got a lot of concerns. And, you know, for, for Ireland to be going up against them after that, um, after what happened there, it's, yeah, it's it's going to be a cool weekend. Um, the French were absolutely phenomenal again. Can, can Ireland keep it up? Look, I've still got my doubts, East. Like, I've just... They've had form leading into the World Cup year, and and they've you know they've, they've been there or thereabouts, but they've never kicked on past the quarterfinal. Like they are proving doubters yep. wrong, though. They they have got a lot of confidence for a reason. Yeah, man, they you know it's it was different. I, I always look at how they walk, go into a World Cup, and last time you know it was a lot of momentum, and 2018 came a little bit early. Um, and you know there was guys in 2018 that didn't lose a game of rugby to a club or nation. Um, that's pretty phenomenal in itself. Um, but this time, oh man, Andy Barrels—they've they, got a different, different mm-hmm. uh, culture again. And you know, they focus on performance. They focus on, you know, what they need to do to get better. And you know, it's it's a real squad. Uh, it's a huge squad. And I think you know, if Ross Byrne has to step in, you know, it's, it was all on Johnny Sexton's shoulders. Where now there's a way better mix of people like taking control and taking ownership. But you know, they pretty much lost Dan Sheehan, um, you know, backup hooker, Gary Ringrose. There was a lot of injuries that came out of the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see what team comes out when they play England this week. But ahead of World Cup, I think they've planned it far better this time. Other times you sort of go into a World Cup year and you think, you know, maybe you're peaked. Um, this time I think they've already planned that, addressed that, and just to try to improve their performance week in, week out. And I think it's, There'll be a different beast come World Cup. Yeah, they're starting to change my mindset. I, I think you're, you're on, to, on the money there, mate. Issa, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. And well done to Fijian Drua. Bula! Getting a result. Bula Banaka. Awesome team. Have a good week. There he is. Issa Lathewa talking all things rugby. That was brought to you by BizCover for business insurance that have your small business winning every time. Choose bizcover.co.nz and save today. Kempi can imagine the party taking place. Look, it's still it's still going. Well done, Fiji and Dua, mm. but the Crusaders, like he touched on the, the, the conditions, the temperatures, they couldn't catch a catch anything they couldn't no. build any continuity like it was um you know every time they got in the right position they'd throw an offload a silly offload and that's that inexperience there and particularly i talked about earlier the breakdown mm. they got pumped in the breakdown every time they went wide the wide breakdown counter-rucked no. every single time turnover Fijian draw back with the pill. Yeah, and 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 when you're training and playing, and you know it's be a religion over in Fiji. It's not hot for the Fijians. You no. know, uh, Sammy was saying about the Sydney City Roosters game on on Saturday night. Like it was hot there. They had to take two uh, water breaks in the 20 minute mark. So at the quarter quarter time, three, three quarter time, had a five minute break, had a water. Mm. You know, like didn't, you don't get that. You don't get that um, luxury. And of course, when you're over there and haven't been there last week, mate, it's 30 degrees, mm. but it's the humidity. 
it's like you're sitting in a sauna sucking up hot air all day and a few of those boys, you're not used to that down in Christchurch. You know what I mean? Um, and it is a benefit to the to the Fijian. So, look, I think on the on the wider scale of things, Fijian drew up for them being in the competition, what it does for the country, sponsorships especially, getting those boys um, some extra some extra support, fantastic. Mate, do you know what? Fijian drew like, take that. Because we went to Christchurch last year and we had to wear tracksuits right up to the kickoff because it was freezing. You can come have a little <laughs> taste of our own conditions. And, well, they did get a taste and some. Well done, Fiji and Draw, and then Brett's to come through. I'm telling you, Shula is the 2023 model of the Daggy, 2010-2011. The step, <laughs> the goosey, the ability to slip a gap gas, and a huge, educated right boot. Size 12, <laughs> Brett. <laughs> and Sean Stephen got, so Stephenson got size 12. Oh, you're I so, thought he had bigger feet than that. You're so persistent, and I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Keep them coming. Plenty of messages. I'll read this one. Uh, oh, hi, guys. I think people are getting excited. If the Crusaders make top four, which is very likely, then they'll win it. It's what they do. I'm not a Crusaders fan either. Mm. And we know that. Like, they're on a seven, Pete, and uh, they're trying to get it. The Razors try and get the all-black job. They've got so much going for them. And let's not forget, it wasn't their best Crusaders side out against the Fijian draw. So even though it was a, a great win, historical win, um, the Crusaders... That, People will soon forget about this come the end of the year if they're in the top four. Mm. They know how to, they've shown you six times, they know how to do it. They're not letting me forget about it anyway, Kempe, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll take it on the chin. Paulie Mwati coming up. That was Issa Nathewa talking Fijian draw and a bit of Six Nations rugby. If you've missed it, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on the SEN app. And remember, our Choices Flooring poll is on the app as well. You can go have your vote and we'll announce that in a couple of minutes' time. But Paulie, Moore, Paulie Moati coming up. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Paulie Moati, bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Paulie Moati, what a weekend of racing, mate. What was your what was your favourite one? Tell me, was it Platinum Invader coming at 22 bucks? I'm pretty sure you had that because you're from the <laughs> CD. Was it... Tokyo Tycoon and the way that it's dominated the two-year-olds all year getting its fifth win. Or tell me that run from, we know, you know who it is, the one and only coming down the track in front, chopping up Baz's horse, <laughs> making, Baz, making Baz eat his afternoon dinner. But it's got to be an investigation. Was it prowess? It was, look, to be fair, I've I wasn't on Platinum Invader. Very, very happy for Lisa Ladder and the team there. Um, I was on um, Nerve Not Verb. I thought they're not bringing mm. not bringing her over uh, for a haircut. And um, surely on I just the tail. Was, yeah, they just got the the start. Just um, didn't get away as cleanly as uh, they probably would have wanted, and maybe just spent a little bit too much to get to the front. Uh, but Take nothing away from Platinum Invader. Uh, wonderful, wonderful win in the Auckland Cup. And as you say, Prowess, well, another great three-year-old. And, and this three-year-old crop that we've got this season is just ridiculously good. I was, I was um, thinking about so that, she, Paulie. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Like, when we finally, we're starting to see our horses heat over to Australia because that's where the real money is. When we finally get, you know, the likes of these two-year-olds that go over next year, because you know that Tokyo Tycoon's heading there as well, we could be dominating the spring um, carnivals. A hundred percent. Without a doubt. I mean, we already saw Legato go over and pick up the Aussie guineas. 
um, from a position that she probably shouldn't have. Um, she just uh, was just too tough uh, for them down, and she's got that turn of speed as well. So um, it's looking very, very rosy in terms of um, the sort of horse flesh that we've got going around at the moment. So, yeah, it was a great day, uh, I hear, up there at Pookie. Um, and, yeah, Prowess Tokyo Tycoon has just been How good. superb. Yeah, how good. What about the breakers, very, very Paulie? Good. We've got them coming up. Mate, hopefully they can get the job done. Where's the money going? Yeah, well, they're $2.70 outsiders to win Wednesday night over there in Sydney. That hasn't turned the punters off, though. They're very, very keen to jump on uh, the breakers. Uh, and if this sort of uh, action continues, uh, I have no we'll see the breakers start to trim in. Uh, but $2.70 and 5.5-point underdogs at the moment, the breakers to win game five. Uh, the final game of that final series. What a series it's been as well. Of course, right now you can bet live uh, on the Players' Championship. Mm. Scotty Scheffler holds a three-stroke lead over, uh, what is it? Oh, it looks like Minwoo Lee just drained a, a putt there uh, to pick up a birdie. He's only two shots behind now after uh, having a full bogey seven back on the fourth hole. Uh, so he's fighting back. Scheffler, he's a thirty to win the Players' Championship. Minwoo Lee... Uh, the Western Australian is at $7. Uh, Cam Davis is at $15. Sung J.M. at $31. Uh, along with Victor Hovland, who is uh, there or thereabouts as well. But it looks like it's Scotty Scheffler's uh, tournament to lose. He's a $1.30 favourite to uh, win. I think he's just missed a birdie putt on the seventh, but we'll have a tap and par to remain at 13 over. Um, and I'm just having a look. Who's this? Oh, Hideki Matsuyama on the Island Green, par 317th with a birdie putt uh, to get to 11 under. He is currently with us. Where's Hideki? He just missed it. He just missed it. Just missed the birdie. (laughs) He's out at at 151. So uh, there we go. He double bogeyed. His to lose. He double bogeyed one of the holes, so that put him out of contention. But Ryan Fox ties for 32. Scheffler, if you got on that, he's a genuine chance. Thank you so much, Paulie. Hey, uh, j- just quickly, mate, anyone get on the drawer? Yep. Oh, boy, did they? <laughs> <laughs> did they? Oh, bull of a no, they didn't. Yeah, oh, good. No, they got out to a pro, uh, I think their highest quote was $18 um, on wow. the weekend. And uh, a few jump. But you could go on at sixteen dollars. Yeah, there were plenty who had uh, little nibbles. Of course, the Christmas always have their supporters. Is he? Um, I don't need to tell you that. Um, so there are a number of bets placed on the Crusaders as well. And when you when they came back late in that game, you thought, oh, the Drew have let one go. Well, I agree with Kempi. I thought the Drew had let this one go, um, but they got that late penalty uh, in injury time. It was yep. so good to see for those who have backed the Drew. Loved it. Get up. Bolivanaka to all of our Fijian brothers out there listening. Hey, Paulie, thanks a lot for joining us this morning with the TAB update. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. You know, that's that's a big money bet, 18 bucks popping out there. You would have thought it was all over after 80 minutes too when they got in front 24 to 22, the Crusaders. But no, they got a penalty in front and they kicked themselves home. So if you get yourself some money on that, well done. We're going to head to Aroha for news. Here's Aroha for news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's now time to get a 
Headlines update with the one and only Joey B with the choices flooring poll results. Brought to you by Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Joey B. Sydney Kings coach Chase Burford has accused officials of giving in to pressure from Breakers owner Matt Walsh, who was vocal about the Kiwis having a number of borderline fouls called against them in Game 3. However, last night it was the Kings in foul trouble, which Chase believes is a product of the refs overcompensating in an attempt to please Breakers fans. Yeah, all right, mate. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Nice, Joey. Good heat. <laughs> yeah, come at me, Chase. And Liverpool fans <laughs> go back to bed. Newcastle got a 2-1 win over Wolves, so they hold on to fifth spot. And Scotty Scheffler, he's still ahead by two shots on the final day of the players through seven holes after Minwoo Lee uh, triple-pogied the fourth hole. So not looking great for him. Those are your headlines, boys. And now time for your choices, flooring, poll results. The question today was, what sports story from the past year do you think deserves to be turned into an Oscar-worthy film? Baz's turn as England coach, won by a landslide, as you'd think. The All Blacks coaching saga was followed behind. But no no doubt for me, boys, Baz's turn as England career coach is worthy of a film. I think it might happen, actually. Mm. Who knows, you know? I think it'd be a great watch. Absolutely, think it'd be a, a good watch. So, he could, he could star as himself, <laughs> mate. He's got time. Oh, blue eyes. Oh, three months a year. <laughs> oh, th- blue eyes, three months a year. Calendar. Well, old uh, old Bears McCullum, but no, he's absolutely flying. Champion bloke, and great to catch up with him. The last weekend, yeah, you did right. Minwoo Lee tripled number four. He is two shots behind. He's got one back, so there's still time. There I'd, is still I'd be time. On. I'd jump on. Yeah, Minwoo Lee, Scheffler, mate. He has just got so much confidence. He knows what it takes to win. He's won plenty. I think that's the difference here, Kempi. Minwoo Lee has yet to win on the PGA. So that you got that doubt when you when it's coming to the crunch. You're playing for four and a half million US. Isn't it? So there's plenty to play for. And Max Homer, well, he was circling. He's hit one in the water, so he's playing his third from the um, from the drop zone, so hopefully he can get close. Here he is. He's stiff one in there. You got to remember, this is last year, where Cameron Smith stiff one right in there to go and uh, birdie it and give himself a chance to win it, and he went on to win it as well. So uh, awesome! Great to catch up with Paulie Moati talking all things sport. And, well, there's plenty to cover off throughout the day. We'll keep you up to date. And remember, we've got to give away a pair of shoes. Because yesterday, well, last week we asked you, we're going to announce it tomorrow, aren't we, Robbie? Want to announce it? Wanna? Yeah, we're going to announce the shoes because Ryan Fox finished tied for 32nd. So there was a couple of names that entered our competition last week that will have to go to a little competition tomorrow between you both because you're both bang on. We're not going to announce those winners just yet. That'll be tomorrow, but two of you have got extremely close. He was tied for 32nd in that Players' Championship. So he'll be very, very proud. He has our opportunities. Four or five under in second round. He's finished five under to finish the, the championship. So he'll be proud. We'll keep you up to date with the Players' competition going throughout the morning. Neville McAllister, who was an owner of Platinum Invader. You said there was about a thousand owners. Is that right? Yeah, Kimpy? well, there's a, <laughs> in context of a, of, a, of, a, of a few owners is, is, is where we're talking there. But, mate, a few happy owners in Platinum mm. Invader, uh, obviously, with Lisa. Came Lata. out of nowhere for me, Kempe. Like, all my mind was on 
obviously ladies man yeah aquacade because all the chat was on aquacade and ladies man and yep. lady man flew home to beat aquacade sorry oh, joe come, from come from the back yeah got got um like got the pack but just couldn't get the two that had jumped out the front never view the um the Maroney runner. You picked that, eh? That was Maroney. That was the the well the you know, Paul Mighty's right. The Aussies don't come over here and he's Maroney's not an Aussie, but you don't bring an Aussie horse over here for the biggest race mm. unless you know something. And I actually thought it was home, you know, until Platinum Vader levelled out and just had a little bit more in it than uh than that one from Maroney that couldn't get there. And Al's horse actually ran so well to go past everything from last mm. to get third. Um, so, yep, there's always a tough one. And it was a stat. There was a stat on the weekend that I was hoping for. It was Alan um, winning that one with Ladies Man. He'd be the only the second person to ever win three um, derbies mm. uh, all trained. Uh, different horses, you know what I mean? All trained by by the single single owner. So um, there was a bigger bit of a stat there. We'd spoken about it. He was pretty confident that she's going to run a good race. And when he says that, you know, they're, they're going to run a good race, you know that he's got them prepared. So um, no, all look, all credit where it's due, and and especially for watching the owners. Like, mate, that's your dream mm. when you own a horse. You you know, you got your pongo coming up Wednesday night. Obviously, um, you've got the best man in the world targeting races. I'd be so excited if I was you um, at where this horse is going to end up and where it's going to go to. Yeah, it's a great game. It's the great game that is horse racing, my first horse. And uh, yeah, it's Racing Wednesday. We'll keep you up to date. The the noms will come out today and we'll get... Uh, We'll get uh, we'll get a little gauge on on where it's right. I think J Mac will probably ride it again, which gives you a great indication. But yeah, I'm excited about the horse and seeing what's happening. I'll read a couple of messages before we get off to Neville McAllister. Morning, Izzy and Kempi. We might have to start a helpline for those Crusaders supporters that aren't coping. Credit where credit is due. Well done, Fiji. Cheers, Steve. Definitely, you are 100 percent correct. Well done, Fiji. They played better rugby. They handled the conditions better, and well, they brought the right attitude. They honestly, they did. They blew us off the park, and it was, it was tough to watch. Another one from here for you, Kempi James from James. Hey, does anyone else think SJ was celebrating a little bit too much at halftime, like they had already won the game? Well, he wasn't celebrating that they were in front because they were they were behind eight six. What he was, what he was trying to do. And I thought it was quite a good thing was he was patting the players on the back for the defensive effort to keep mm. Sydney City out after the majority of the ball was was shared and they just couldn't mate there was a one tackle on here and I'll take my head off to Sean he made it on um, Collins the front row who was nicely put into a hole by Walker and Johnson was the only bloke in front of him nine times out of ten Sean misses that any, uh, that tackle and he Cumberland throw he threw him. So, you know, he went with the momentum and pulled him down like a foot from the try line, mm. and that was a try-saving tackle. So, you know, credit where credit's due. He, they are targeting Sean in the defensive line, and they've made it in the first couple of weeks a couple of telling breaks down his side through his defensive frailties, but he um, he was patting the boys on the back and giving them credit where credit was due because I thought the, the resilience they showed in that first half to keep them at 8-6 was outstanding. Mate, you have to do that. You have to go and pat your forwards on the back because they work extremely hard. And Mitchie Barnett, a, is he? Yeah. Mitchie Barnett, we've got to have him on the field all the time. Mm. Honestly, he is he is another campo. Mm. You know, like, stick. I would stick him in the middle of the park and I'd give him the captain of that middle of the park and let him have his way with the teammate. Like, 
just the just the effort that kid puts in is unbelievable. Beautiful, love it, Ken P. Keep those messages coming through. Double eight, double three. Neville McAllister, Platinum Invader owner, he's coming up. Yes, welcome back. It's time to talk the great, great weekend of racing, particularly at Pukekohe, Kempe. Yeah, that's right. The beauty of racing was on full display on Saturday when Platinum Invader won against the odds on a thrilling finish at Pukekohe, giving trainer Lisa Ladder her first Auckland Cup. How good. Neville McAllister has been one of Lisa's greatest supporters from the beginning, holding shares in many of her horses, including this Group 2 winning Gelding. He joins us this morning from the CD to talk up the race. Morning, Neville. How are you feeling, mate? Have you stopped partying? Yeah, no, she's a great time, eh? Like, uh, they don't come around very often, so you certainly got to enjoy it. Mate, t- just t- just honestly, tell us. Like, you're, you're coming down the host straight. You've got to go around the track a couple of times, 3,200 metres, and you're starting to see Platinum Vader unleash. How confident were you 200 metres out? Because it didn't look like it was going to get there. Yeah, it took a long time to get there. Um, I mean, going into the race, we we're extremely confident. I mean, the guy who rode him this last track gallop got off and uh, and said to Lisa, just, the horse just won't get beat. He's just absolutely flying. So um, there was certainly a lot of confidence going in. But yeah, at the 150, we were starting to think that we were going to get there. But um, finally just kept coming and toughed it out. Mate, I was, I was listening to Lisa's comments post that this horse isn't, has always promised so much, but it has to face a, a bit of adversity. It was, am I right? It went in and had a little bit of a tendon problem. Yeah, in, he went to race. We tried to get him to the Melbourne Cup about uh, 2020, I think it was. Um, mm. And he missed by one making the field. And then he went to Brisbane and, and he got injured in Brisbane. So he was, he was off the scene for probably 18 months, maybe even longer. Um, so this, you know, this is obviously his first year, first year back. Um, so, yeah, it's good to get back on the right track. Oh, mate, that's so good. That makes it even more sweeter knowing what it's had to go through. What's the, what's the future look like? Platinum Invader, can you give us some gravy? Um, it's a hard gig, mate, because they, they tend to weight them out of it pretty quickly over here. Mm. Um, I mean, all this year he's been carrying top weight um, and they gave him no relief from the handicapper um, when he'd been off the scene for two years, which is quite abnormal, and certainly in Australia they do, but um, the guy here chose to give him nothing, which was certainly not you know, not normal. Um, so it makes it tough, and that's certainly from a handicap racing. So it's sort of hard where you go with them, really. It's, um, there's these few set weights and penalty races around, like Saturday was. He obviously dropped from carrying 59 every start down to 55 for that. So you know that was an enormous help. We'll probably look to Queensland, uh, in the winter, there's a few options there, um, and you know he's probably not up to the Melbourne, uh, Sydney, those Sydney Cup, Melbourne Cup type races. So he's probably one step down in the food chain. So you know probably Brisbane looks his best go. I think. Yeah, it's hard with the handicappers in it. Well, hey, just go. Let me backtrack here a second. So you go to track work, and the the track work rider jumps off and says he doesn't get beat. What was he paying at that stage? <laughs> when what did you get on it? Uh, we were on at 26. Um, I mean, he raced twice over two miles before and run third and fourth and been hot favourite both times. So when he opened up playing 26, I think every uh, all my mates were all on. Um, oh, and how then, good. You know, they, they just kept on putting on. And then there was all sorts of weird bets. You could bet him to beat the sort of the roughies, which, you know, he's normally in the favourite sort of side. So it was interesting how he got completely forgotten in the market. Um yeah, it was, it, it was quite strange, really. Oh, no, no, next time, Nev, you know, just Am give, I us, your mate? give us a call. <laughs> you know, we yeah. like tipping out. The odd the old one, and we would have thrown it um, in there. Oh, or we would have kept it quiet. It would have been up to you. Word, 
Yeah, one of the guys who uh, does one of your shows, he had the word, but he might not have spread it as uh, no. uh, very kindly. He didn't, mate. Who was that? Oh, not Paul Grant, Grant Elliott. Grant Elliott. He messaged me last night. I'm going to rip into him straight after this. I cannot wait. Mate, you make you make some coin in the shoe game. Hey, what shoes are you run? Uh, some retail stores called Shoe Clinic. Oh, yes. Nice. There you go. Nice. We're looking for a sponsor. Um, Give us a call after the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, have we met, Nev? It's Izzy here. Um, I'm pretty sure. I, I refereed rugby through to Super Rugby, but I gave up in 2002. So I was actually coaching the uh, national panel of referees in New Zealand when you were playing, mate. I was a bit, uh, bit older than you, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I, I was just... You were probably a bit fast to me, mate. Was he a bit lippy? Was, uh, I wouldn't have kept up. <laughs> I wasn't lippy. <laughs> Only person I got lippy to was Brendan Pickerel, and you know what happened on the weekend. He cost us the game in Fiji. But anyway, mate, we'll let you go. And uh, <laughs> hey, well done, mate. Well done. That's a hell of an achievement for a horse that's gone through so much already. I, I wish you all the success in the future, and, and I know Platinum Invader will uh, be bringing you some more success in the future, mate. Thanks so much. Cheers, boys. Thanks. Thanks, Pete. Neville McAllister. No. How, how good. How good is that? Like, mm. he shared it with all his mates. They made plenty, mate. 26. And he's right, the exotics. The exotics, when you think about it, mm. they, blokes would have been tallying up the exotics. You know, Platinum Vader to beat this, well, to you, beat that. You said, you were like, man, hindsight this morning when Kippy's uh, like, oh, top four. Like, 55. You couldn't have picked that. 55. I'll tell you who, another guy, Sticko, was exactly the same when he was in here, said they were doing the, the commentary, and he'd picked the top four as well. And never put anything on it. He just said, he had a shocker. The <laughs> good all on Saturday stick, eh? He could have made them plenty. Beautiful. There you go. Neville McAllister. For $26 if you got on Platinum Invader. And non Nerve de Verve. Well, six dollars a place. And ladies, man, third place. I got me my multi home. Let's go and catch up with Smithy and see how his weekend of racing went. Back soon. Yeah, we're a couple of ways, uh, a couple of minutes away from nine o'clock, and we're going to head down to the Hawks Bay and catch up with the one and only Mr. Ian Smith, who I'm sure made plenty on the weekend watching Prowl West Tokyo Tycoon, and I know being from the CD, he would have had a little nibble at Platinum Invader Smithy. How much you make, mate? You make plenty. You make. How about at the Punters Club at the uh, Boat Shed? How'd they go? I went. No good. Uh, I went that bad. Ken P, I'm putting McHugh in the rack for a while. There you go. <laughs> who'd you, oh, who'd you back? You, I thought you were on ladies, oh, man. You would have got two bucks a place at least. Yeah, a little bit on the place, but that didn't get me up, mate. So McHugh's in the rack and uh, the, wiping the chalk off the tip. That's it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Done. Oh, I know what that's like. I've done that plenty of times. Hey, you got pl- plenty on the show today. What you got coming up? Oh, look, a busy show today. Uh, Casey Frank on the basketball. What a performance that mm. was uh, from the Breakers last night. Backs against the wall. Grant Elliott on the cricket. I uh, understand it might be a bit wet down there in Christchurch. That's a damn shame, actually. I thought it was a hell of a test match uh, coming up on the last day. Hopefully it still will be. Christy Doran as uh, a rugby editor at raw.com.au with his take on Super Rugby over the weekend. Jamie Wall and Ben Strang on a panel. Uh, we've got a Vossi, of course, just after 11 o'clock of... Um, his take on what happened in um, the second round this weekend uh, of the NRL. It the Dolphins, amazing, top hey? of the Absol- table. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have got that? Who would have got, got that? that? You know, they picked Dolphins, Dolphins and St. George 1 and 2. Who would have picked that? They picked them to be wooden spooners. <laughs> and as far as the Drua go, what's your take on the Crusaders? They done? <laughs> oh, call it out. <laughs> I think they might be. I think they might be. I, I think it's... 
it's panic time. I think it's panic time. What they need is, you know, they need a relic, a relic from the past to get down to training and do some motivation. <laughs> That's what they need. He's doing, can, can I'll tell you what, he's anyone? doing plenty around the country. Yeah, I'm talking to him now. He said to go out a couple I'll of take times them under my wing. have a breather. Take them under my wing and uh, I'll rally around them. That'll, that'll well, let's be honest. Up. Let's be honest. I knew no one in that team, so no disrespect to those young kids, but they'll be better for it. Anyway, have a good day.